All right. Well, welcome back. Another beautiful Sunday morning in our lovely city here. And, uh, well, we've, uh, we've had a... Some hot topics already going. Gosh, it seems yeah. like uh, before we even get started, we're we're on a roll. But um, I guess it's a continuation from last week. Yeah. There's just so much um, chaos going on in the world, and everyone feels the buzz. Uh, like uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, "Doesn't it feel like there's a big vibe or energy going that at any given time?" Uh, whether it's United States or England or wherever, whatever country in the world, that there's about to be a civil war about to pop off at any given time. Uh, just because there's a time of uncertainty right now. Like, we don't know if the dollar is going to collapse. We don't know. Like, everyone's 401ks tanked, oil and gas. Uh, I mean, all these different topics and energy, even, even uh, social issues, you know, have become... Um, well, they've always been kind of fire starters, but it, it, it's gotten to an all-time high since I've been alive. Uh, I've never seen it like this. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's a much different feel than it's ever been, um, I think. Um, I'm like you. There's always been some kind of racial divide or some kind of issues that we've all grown up with. But it doesn't seem to be like it is now. And it's almost kind of like the, the saying, ignorance begats ignorance, right? And so I was in a conversation the other day with a friend. Um, and it was it was kind of like one of those moments where I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't know if I should, <laughs> like, should I hit this guy or do I have to say something? So I let it go. But I know I'll have to have a conversation later. But we were talking and we were talking about crime. And so this kid looks at me, well, a friend of mine looks at me and says, he goes, well, you know, you know, who, who commits most of the crime? You, you know, he's like, it's, it's black people. And I said, who? Yes, yeah. I know. And I just kind of sat there like, what? And I, and I said to him, I said, that's the ignorance that you have. And that's the ignorance of media. I said, when you hear crime, you hear black and black crime. Right. And so I asked him, I said, well, who's killing most white people? He was like, black people. I said, no, white people. I said, who kills most Asians? Asians. Who kills most Hispanics? Hispanics. I said, but for whatever reason, black on black crime has a connotation to it that you immediately assume something else with it. And so when you think of crime, because it's the only one that's labeled, you assume that black people are committing most crime. And it was just kind of one of those sad, ignorant moments talking to somebody. But he believes that. Mm -hmm. And he probably shares that with different people and different conversations. And then as soon as, and then it was kind of crazy because I don't know if you guys saw in the news where that guy, young black kid was shot 60 times. Mm. They shot at him 90 times, but he got hit 60. And then they still handcuffed him afterwards, knowing he was dead. But there was another shooting the same way. It was a white male who got shot 30 times, but he had a gun. He aimed it at his head. He was walking in the street. You can clearly see something was wrong. And they think these two are the same. And they said, well, my friends were telling me, like, well, this one didn't get coverage because he's white, but this one gets coverage because he's black. But they don't understand that this guy has a gun. He is a threat, and he's wanting to kill somebody. This young kid has no weapon, and it's clear, and gets shot. Huge difference. But you can't get that conversation to happen mm -hmm. correctly because somebody is always trying to defend their, their these topics instead of just being able to say, this is just wrong. 
But we can't do that anymore. It's all about, it's got to be some kind of way to point the finger to justify actions. If you've talked to anybody about George Floyd who kind of disagreed with everything, you can see like when that conversation happens, most times they start to bring up his personal life. He's a drug addict. He's this, 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 this as well. He had these things. And then you're just like, so you're justifying his death. JFK got killed and he was our president. He was also a drug <laughs> addict and molested a lot of women. And uh, like I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, that point goes to black is evil, black is dark, yes. black magic. Black Widow, uh, you know, it, it's it's programmed in our, uh, you know, uh, conscious, and we don't even mean to do it. Like, even when we're little kids and we don't even mean to do it, it's, right. it's so far ingrained in our DNA from somewhere over the centuries, like something has happened, maybe it was due to... Uh, empire building colonial and not not america but you know even probably british and before british roman well, it's, it's and funny everything you say, i just want to add to yeah. this while you're saying that yeah. but one of the things that was when they first started yeah. these voyages to other countries yeah. africa was always considered the, the dark. dark continent <laughs> yeah and, not, and just not just because <laughs> yeah. of the color of the skin but yeah. because it was so dark there as well it yeah. wasn't just because of that yeah. but then it was started in european countries they thought that their whole goal was to minister to africa because they were these lost souls and savages who couldn't change and then when jim crow hit jim crow took his tour all over the world and was telling all the other countries that we were savages that we were monkeys and that people that black people still had tails and so that is something that most people don't know that because of jim crow those some of those things still live today in other countries and people still believe it um that's something i mean there's still products out there from jim crow that are selling in other countries. Most people don't know that, but I, I mean, it's I, crazy yeah. that. Like, sorry, go ahead. If you no, want no, to. no, you go. like manifest destiny had a real huge effect on like the British, the small country of Britain, you know, England took over the whole world. Yeah, India, Africa, the Middle East, everywhere. Then you know what they were like? You know what? We're gonna go over to this other place and take over. I mean, like the the Gaul. Or the I don't know the the calling from God. I'm doing quotation marks right now. Is crazy that that's. I mean, think about like the um. There's a there's a meme kept popped up on Facebook the other day, and it was a, it was truthful meme. Is it was there's like 67 plus countries that celebrate their independence from England. Yes. It was a dirt, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, man, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, in a way, that is just like. Hey, we played the game of risk, and look, we conquered the world. And but all these countries have that in common: their independence from. It's like sixty-seven or seventy-two. Uh, yes, yeah, something. Like I looked at that myself. Some huge number, and. Um, it's crazy when you think about and, it. And and but here's the thing: we're human, so it's a lot easier. As a human being, um, like I'm. I, like I'm, I'm a smart guy, and you all are dumb peasants. Okay, so how do I divide Chris and Marshall? Well, obvious reason I can do because they can both see each other. I can divide them in skin color. Mm-hmm. Then I can divide them maybe on their spiritual belief. Then I can divide all while I'm getting fat and rich. And I think that's the game. Like so, there was a big thing in the Muslim world, right? Uh, like uh, for. 
Every, there's a Palestine-Israel conflict. Yeah, that's a big one. So how they get like a lot of Muslims to jump on one side is like, look, look how many the Jews are killing all these uh, Palestinian Muslims or this and that. The, the, the problem isn't Jewish and Muslim or, you know, this holy land or anything like that. The problem is people and people. But they get divided into a political issue. And, you know, and everything gets mixed up. So then they expect all Muslims to side this way or all Jewish people and Christians to side this way and all this. And, and it becomes a big quagmire of just things. And then but if you break it down now, what's going on in the Middle East geopolitics? Well, just a little recap. Well, Israel and some of the Middle East countries are finally like reaching out to each other because guess what? We can't rely on America and England anymore because they're obviously play their own game, and we just stay fighting all the time in the region. And, so, and if you yeah, see that's yeah. what's happening, even in the United States, right? Just yeah. think about terrorism, right? Yeah. When we're we're taught terrorism our whole lives, but we're never told about the th- times that America's gone out and bombed places or done things horribly right? wrong. We're yeah. never told those things, so we just assume everybody else evil, wrong, terrible. We yeah. do it the righteous way, yeah. and we're because we're never told what we do. And when I met a friend of mine who lived over in, uh, he came from Africa. He was in Sudan, and I guess years ago America bombed Sudan, thinking they had nuclear weapons, yeah. only to find out we, they didn't have anything. But we were told we're just looking for nuclear weapons. Yeah. But in Sudan, it was an attack by Americans, and we don't hear that over here. So yeah. our assumption is everybody else is wrong. And we are doing everything the correct way because we are the free world and we we make decisions based on caring about others. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. That's the curse about being a minority. So I'm uh, come from immigrant parents and, you know, this is my country and I love it. And But the curse is I'm very like I'm not attached to uh, America. We're spreading freedom. I'm not attached to that because. I see, I see us just like, like I'm working for a company and it's like a power broker game growing. So I put people aside and I put government aside one way, you know. But if we're ignorant, like say our government's our parents, we're ignorant that my parents are doing drugs and doing bad stuff just because they're our parents. We look the other way and then we have our moral code and go to church and stuff like that. Like, you know, like 99% of us are all going to, if there is a heaven and hell, we're all going to go to hell because there's nothing on here that we do like on a, like we may do things on a major, but on the little individual scale, like we all act very prejudiced and racist and things like that all the time. And And we don't even know about it. We don't even know about it. Like, you know, it's. If you go back to what you kind of just said, though, like this is something I have felt my entire life is that I have never been able to have the opportunity to be patriotic. Yeah. I have my, my whole life I have been told that I have been less than. Yeah. I mean you live here and you can enjoy some of these things. Yeah. And we can we use other people who look like you as symbols, but those are unobtainable goals for you. Um we just you 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 look at a Michael Jordan but that's not common. But yeah. as long as we dangle that carrot in front of you, you'll always the try American to be. The American dream comes in y- yes. a different the, form for every race. Absolutely. But now he's asking dream. for too much money. Right. <laughs> that but, greedy black yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying for me like I have never been able to be a patriot because yeah. 
I couldn't, you know, and even in my my time period, it wasn't as bad as my father and my grandparents, but I, I was denied jobs because of my skin color. I was denied relationships because of my skin color. I was denied so many different opportunities. And you seem like it's like no matter what you do, you seem like you're always kind of fighting and clawing to get back to the top and or get somewhere close to the top. I mean, you can always see certain aspects of it and you get close to these positions, but then something always is there to remind you or snag that from you. So as much as 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 patriotic as I wanted to be, that's why I would never vote. I would never vote for years because I felt like it would never count because so many people, it just never felt like it ever hit us. You know, yeah. when you get out here and everybody say, oh, you got to vote, you got to vote. Well, it just didn't seem like our struggle ever changed. If you look at nationalism, it's a religion. Like I, I read this book called Jesus for President. Jesus for President. You, think, you gave me that book. It's really yeah. good. And it talks about how America is an empire, just like Britain. We have a base in every single other country. No other country has a base in every other country. And for me, nationalism, when I was younger, I, I remember I was a pledge allegiance to the flag. And then all of a sudden, I, I had my hand on my heart. Mm-hmm. I pledge allegiance to the flag. of the, And I was like, wait a minute. I'm pledge allegiancing, pledging my allegiance to a piece of cloth. An uh, idol. An idol. Why am I doing this? And I early, when I was a pretty zealot Christian, very Pentecostal and, you know, all that kind of thing. I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Like, I, I just, you, you know, you're talking about I didn't have a, you know, you're, you didn't feel patriotism was something that you could have because of being, un, you know, feeling unequal. Mine was like, this is an idol. Like, I feel like I'm the, the wool's been pulled over my eyes to, oh, you know, be true to your country. But then this country taxes me for every daggone thing yeah. the, the 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 money i earn the things i own and it's it's almost like i have to work three four months of the year to even start making money yeah. it's crazy like why am i pledging allegiance to that my vote doesn't count like you said it really right. doesn't right you know i mean it they, they want to tell you it does but for me i i, I, I would stop to my patriotism a long time ago now that's not popular to say i'm not i don't hate america i'm blessed that i'm here but it's I'm not going to you, you don't get the luxury yeah. to feel like it, it's just weird like when I see so mm-hmm. many people and they, they drive around with their flags and they they say certain things or act a certain way it's like that doesn't work so I, I, I'll i never forget listening when all this stuff sort the tension got really high over the George Floyd thing and the conversations were starting I had so many people say things to me um, the, the kneeling at the flag the kneeling at the mm-hmm. national anthem yeah and so many people were like I don't know why you would do that and then I asked the question to them. I said, so let me ask you this. What about those people who fought and came back and weren't allowed in a restaurant? Yeah. Those people who fought and came back and or those people who were given uh, syphilis through the uh, Tuskegee experiment for 40 something years. And then they come out and the government. Comes, yeah, we did it. And we're sorry, but we're not going to do anything else to rectify the situation outside of give some medical insurance to those who we got sick. You know, what do you say to those people who fought for the country and were told that they were less than when they got back and still couldn't share a restaurant with somebody? Would you say they had a right to kneel or their parents or their families had rights to kneel during the national anthem? And at the end of the day, I don't I don't call Colin Kaepernick a hero, but he definitely brought awareness to some things that needed to be addressed and police brutality and the things that were going on were real. I grew up, you grew up, you grew up in an era. We watched Rodney King get wrecked. 
and that was from a video recorder, a camcorder that somebody had to hold up differently, you know? We saw that, and we continue to see things like that to this very day. They have happened. And so you're asking people to say, I believe in something. Well, that just doesn't work the same because these cops don't get fired. You know, certain situations don't change. And so that those are just things for me that I, I sit back and I have struggled with. Now, I, I, I strive every single day to, to make change. Mm-hmm. I spend time with police officers. I do a lot of different things on a regular basis, having conversations with people. I want to see change, but it seems like the harder you fight, the worse it gets sometimes. And the conversations are getting progressively worse and how I feel personally. And it's the other thing, and you know, you're a doctor, you know, or you, you know you're not treated the same as so many other people in this community, you know? Yeah. And, you, and you've worked your tail off, and you, you, you care about everybody that walks into your doors. You know that there have been opportunities you've not been given just based on your name yeah. and your appearance. You know, one thing that's helped me cope these last few years, like, man, I remember that whole Clinton-Trump thing going through, and then fighting with some of my friends that are like, you know, like brothers to me and them having totally different views. And what I, like, my whole view was, why won't you just agree with me or say, I see that too? Right. And that was, it wasn't even about Hillary or Trump or uh, Obama. It was just like, do you not see what I see? Do you not feel I I I spent the night at your house? I you know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but that that is I mean it's very true. Like all you want to do is someone to relate with you. You know, it's like uh it was like my white friend in Lexington saying, "I feel this reverse racism." And he felt this pain, but all his friends and like some of his like minority friends of me were like, "Shut up." You don't feel shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. But it was true for him. It was his feelings, Mm -hmm. and and all we needed to do was just hug and embrace him. And that's the same. It goes back to everybody else. I can't change someone's forty years of racism they grew up with, and then they're trying to. It's not my job. Like I, I have to sometimes step back and say I can't change the world. But what I can do is just continue to share who I am and be. And I don't have to be friends with everyone I went to high school with. Right. Like, you know, but that was my mentality. Like, I need to please people. I need to hang out with everyone I've ever known in my life. And everyone needs to, like, I just got over that one day and said, my stress level is through the roof. That I'm, my energy and vibe is like, the world is slowly killing me. But isn't that the double-edged sword, live. though? Yeah. In this sense, yeah. because you caring about those things is what makes you you. Yeah. And to take that off of you yeah. takes away a part of you. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. That's what makes you who you are because you do care about people. You care about these things and you've experienced some things. I know for myself, I'm the same way. When I stop caring about what everybody yeah. thinks and feels sometimes, yeah. I feel like I lose a part of me yeah. because of that is who I am. And it sucks that I can't, you know, I want to be able to help people bring real change into their life. And I understand your point because you're spot on. And I understand. And it, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it, it, and it's a it's a pain that you can't let go because when things happen, it hurts so bad and hurts so deep. It can disrupt your everyday life and living. But it is one of those things that is very difficult because, you know, you 
it's like I have this un, this weird expectation when it comes to relationships and friendships, and I'm actually going through a lot of this right now. But I have this expectation, like I I would never treat you the way that you're treating me. I, I've never understood that. You know what I mean? People say that they're your friends and they love you and they mm-hmm. all these things, but yet. They, as soon as something comes out about you or something is said, they immediately can jump on that mm-hmm. and leave you. Yeah. And I've never understood that because I'm yeah. I'm not built that way, you know. You but know, when I, I see that, it, it it's it's kind of one of those things. It's it's very difficult. I had to start seeing and treating everyone as an individual rather than a son because that's the only way to keep sanity. Right. Like uh, because there's more people that have hurt my feelings or let me down that possibly that. I had a, I put him on a pedestal. For example, um, like say I will look at another Pakistani and be like, well, you better be well-educated. You better be well-rounded. You better be. But then when we get down and become friends and as an individual, they're just like my neighbor down the street. They have so many different faults and stuff like that. I just can't put a pedestal. Like, you know, it's like, putting black people on it, it like everyone's like Michael Jordan or everyone's not like Michael Jordan. Right. You know, it's like that whole thing. I can't, I have to do it individual person. Cause, um, it, cause if I go around as you as a black person would meet another black person and you have this, Hey mentality, like, Hey brother, we was once Kings and stuff. So, that dude probably doesn't have the same attitude as you right. or the mindset and so, uh, you know, that's how Tupac got shot, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like Tupac and Biggie or something. But that, you know what I mean? Is is sometimes it's it's you have to step away from society and people and color and everything that you know because at the end of the day, I have to be there for my kids. I have to mm-hmm. raise them through this crazy world, and I have to teach them. Listen. Not all people that look like you have the same religion as you or this and that. They're not going to be legit. You have to treat everyone as an individual. And that's where I have to, uh, that's where I wish we could all come to with politics or anything else. Because, like, they're picking and choosing the divisional stuff to which they divide us. You know, if my right wing friend. Uh, is in love with, uh, I don't know, Ron DeSantis or whatever like that, uh, which I think he may be the next president. Um, well, I need to know why he's in love with it. Is it because Ron DeSantis is a secret racist, or is it because his policies are so much appealing to him? But they're going to say, well, he's Republican, he's racist, and this. Same thing with Biden. Uh, people automatically want to see him. He's going to be cool with the left. Which he may not be, you know, and everyone's just voting because he's he was the opposite of Trump. So we're having all this, like, we're having a bad um, picking and choosing of character. We're picking and choosing character out of emotion, you know. Yeah. That dude's Irish. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm going to vote for him. And that's all we do instead of being like, yeah, that dude has those traits or whatever. But his policies, are they alike in what I believe what should be done with the world or done with this country? But we vote on one issue, and the issue this year is going to be abortion this fall. It's because they drummed it up. 
Right. And uh, uh, meanwhile, there's a uh, Ukraine. We're just giving billions of dollars to, and we're giving our oil to China. Like we drilled it out of our emergency reserves and then gave it away. Everyone except America. When are the American people going to be like, you know, and everyone, it, it, everyone just needs to stop. Like, vote people out. You got 600 million guns. Go use them. <laughs> but that's the crazy part. Though. I didn't have any problem with January 6th. Go do what you got to do. I'm just sorry that they got caught and then go far enough. When you look at, <laughs> when you but when you look at, but, but you, you you are making some some great points too, and and that's one of the things that is so crazy is yeah. that I've watched so many of these different hearings, right? Yeah. And but it's like these people don't even have to answer questions. These people don't have to tell the truth, and there's no accountability. So it's like, for me, I just sit back and say, so that's another point that you're talking about. And to me, it's like, we do have to get out of this emotionalism and step back and start looking at what, how are we going to get something done? I mean, when you got the FBI and, and you got people, parents being called terrorists and for not wanting their kids to learn something in school and they're being called terrorists and no one can answer why that happened and no one can say, and then you can figure out, and as you go through this paper trail, you see where it started from and yet no one's accountable for it. Those things are things that blow my mind. That there's no accountability. But let me miss a child support payment. I'll be in court, and there ain't nothing I can tell them to get out of that bad boy. You know what I mean? Nothing's gonna change that. And no judge would ever take my answer. If I, I don't know, I don't know what happened. Nobody would take that as okay and let it go. We see this happening so much, and it, it's insane that we see that happening inside. But you, one of the things that I, I can't As stress money enough, talks. that money emotionalism talks. Yeah. is so crazy. Money, money's oh, is, yes. is money's everything. You're Marshall with no money. If you were Marshall Falk with money, guess what? They may listen. Yeah. They yeah. may listen. They may treat you like uh, you are uh, the protector of our community right. and this and that. You're just a normal Joe, so you you – you can't. I see that all the time, even with uh, like uh, you know our community, right? Yeah. Well, here comes like you go to one of these special events. Okay, say you went to some gala, mm-hmm. right? Uh, oh, there's so and so. You know that so and so is a dirt ball or mm-hmm. dirt bag of sleaze, but everyone's just all up on them, like, oh, 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 look at you. Aren't you looking so fly? And you know, like, I mean, as a person, you know all the things, be, the rumors and everything else like that, but they only see, people only worship, and this is where I think in general our entire world's in trouble. We have lost spirituality and the message of what it is uh, to be a good person and to stand with good people, but soon as my stomach gets hungry and starts growling brother who's gonna feed me we come across like people even people that have money they want more money right and it's not the money that's doing it it's their greed right and it's their quest and hunger for power those are the things that's driving everyone crazy today and i gotta say this this pastor this uh of a mega church just recently came out and, and said he repented of um, he was teaching on tithing wrong for years. He said, told everybody, uh, Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar, yeah. He said, throw away all of his old sermons and all of his old books on tithing. Did, he had right? taught it wrong, wow. and he said that you, he, he repented of it, right? And he wanted to teach you you have to give basically according to how God lays it up on your, your heart. But he then comes out and says, I'm not returning the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not returning the money. 
He was never convicted to give back what he took, yeah. and he's and he's not sorry for what he said because he believed he was saying it from the right space. And it's like, so you have these two mega churches, airplanes and mansions, and you're going around, but yet you don't feel obligated or convicted to give back what you've taken from people for years and lied about, you know, and you were wrong. And you don't have to own that. But like you just said, when you get hungry, you know, when it comes down to your needs and your wants, yeah. you're going to continue in that. And it, it, that's one of the things that has blown my mind. Yeah. As, as a Christian, you know, I've, I've seen the church go in such a crazy manner. Like they refuse to stand up for anything. And your political affiliation will determine which church you go to. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And your political affiliation determines how your faith in God is as opposed to the other way around. And that is a very scary thing that you see. And you can, you, I mean, people can kick you out of a church for politics. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can get kicked out of a church like as a membership period is crazy to me. The it fact is. that you're a member of this church, if you do these things, and the Catholic Church is yeah. very big They're in They're like that. Planet Fitness. It's like Planet <laughs> Fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Catholic Church has like, you got to go through some stuff. And you know, if you look at you know, um, even in Nazarene church, you have to be like sanctified, yeah. you know? And then if you look at, I mean, and, but then you look at Pentecostal church, they're like, if you watch a bad movie or if you wear, you know, pants, if you're a woman or if you show your legs, if you're a guy, you're like crazy, it's just crazy that, but see what it is, is we're all about teams. Yeah. We're all about teams. I want to belong to something. Like, I feel like I belong to this podcast. I was really pumped that you guys invited me on. I was like, gosh, I got a new, you know, you know, but we want to belong. And that's the thing, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to identify as white because I am, you know, white. I guess I have to identify as I'm white. I guess I guess I couldn't identify as anything I wanted, but you guys might be mad at me. But, <laughs> like, I started and, – and, and, but, you know, we, we all want to be a part of a team. We all want yeah. to be a part of a group. We want to be included, and we'll do whatever, right. whatever it is. It's like expectations for relationships you were talking about. You're like, you know, I'm giving all this love to people, and they don't give it back. Right. And I've gone through that lately too, real hardcore. And then I started like, re like, reading a bunch and – figuring out and I was like I can only control how much I love other people that's all I can control you can only control you I know yeah you know I understand that yeah. part of it I mean I, mean, I, mean I know you probably off. know that I definitely saying, I, mean, I do I'm not, and I yeah. understand it very well but so if I would say that I, I'm not I don't I'm not as familiar with the the Muslim faith as, as I am Christianity I have studied some but I know in Christianity you know the Bible says one thing you'll measure a man by his fruit so when we bear that name, you know, you should bear that fruit in so many aspects. So if we're going to say these things, and I understand not everybody, you know, I get it and understand all this. But it is one of those things to bear that name. And yet we would rather, there's a book I read called The Barbarian Way. And it says I read Cri that, yeah. Christians kill their wounded. McManus? Yes, Earl yeah. McManus. Yeah. And he says Christians kill their wounded. And we would much rather see people fall and hurt than we would see them uplifted. You know, I, I hate what Creflo Dollar has done mm -hmm. to the community and how many people he's going to hurt in the process. But at the end of the day, I don't want to see that man spend eternity separated, you know. But okay, I would also anyway. wish he would make some real changes instead of this so, financial gain. So do you think, this is my theory mm -hmm. of why people behave the way they do. I can be a member of a church, mosque, synagogue, whatever. I can talk the good game. I can know all the scripture. I can do my prayer five times a day. In my heart of hearts, what would separate two members of a church or congregation, whatever? Uh, like, you know, we're talking about, do they fear God? 
do they know that this is not your your life here? It is pretty much a warm up going for your life over there. And you there's like if you're religious and stuff like that, there's judgment and you know scales and all this. So the way I maneuver is like I'm fearful that if I slip and mess up here on this planet that I got to face a higher power, my creator, where a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm a, like, there's a term coming. I'm living my best life. <laughs> this term comes up and I used to be like, yeah, you know, that's really, I like that. It's cool. But you know, now it kind of means to me is like, it says F everybody. I'm going to do me right. and I'm going to get mine and I'm going to hustle. I'm going to, like, I'm going to blow it. Like you're, you're trying to, you're going to get all that. And, Blessings to you, whoever does achieve that. Thought you was about to freestyle. Yeah, blessings to you, but it's like bars. <laughs> I can't. Bars. I got bars. Hashtag bars. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's almost like a hedonistic yeah, but, thing. But you know? like you know, we're talking about like good and evil and things like that. How many of us actually f- fearful mm-hmm. of doing what is so called right or wrong, or are we all just living this right a mythical thing Facts. that we've created? That so that's why half like a small percentage of the world is figured out. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, there is no God just told us to just you know go out there and blow it up and make tons of money and just live live free and it's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to heaven. Where the other half of us are like, I can't do this or I won't do this. God's right. looking upon me and then I'm fearful. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how many people are actually. Like what happens at the end? Well, I think like I got, that, it, that's my biggest question, God. You know, it's like so, so to kind of yeah. answer that question. I think it's it's kind of like this: we have hijacked words and meanings, yeah. and then we've transformed mm-hmm. them into something different. So, like, take white privilege. As soon as you say white privilege, people first of all, don't, uh, hey, you don't. Know, I had to work so hard because we've taken the word privilege and we don't understand what that means. Yeah. So, privilege. We're not saying that you didn't have a work ethic or you didn't work hard. Yeah. You have some privileges in this society that will benefit you that some of us can't get to, mm-hmm. right? So, but when you hear privilege, you immediately assume that yeah. oh, this was handed to you and given to you. You strip that word. That denotes work ethic, it, right? And then take believing. It, but yeah. these are words that are being hijacked. My, my stomach feels some sort of way when they add white to it because for me, me if I say white <laughs> privilege, when I say white privilege, I something in the, when I say yeah. white Got privilege, it, what it ends up doing in my brain is like crap. I, I got to – if I say that, I'm going to offend the person across the room for me. That's like back in the day when I didn't know what was proper, like I kept on wondering. I was like, why the hell they keep on saying African-Americans? Aren't they all Americans, right? Like – and then one day a black person was like, no, just say black. And I was like, okay. Um, I was like, yeah, because that makes sense. They don't, you don't walk around and say I'm white Amer- or European-American. This, you know, this, I'm you don't so walk glad around. you're going down this route because I was going to bring this up. I'm not right. South Asian American. Like, I'm American as American. Like, but they used it only for black people that's or, my, or Asians. That, or that's my this point. That. That's like, exactly it. And that's, that, and that's why I just don't like using white. Pro- I refuse to use those kind of things because it's like, oh, I'm playing into their game. No wonder I'm pissing off my white friends because they're like, privilege, white. Like, you know, you're right. boxing them in, and some of them feel like they have. Because a lot of them grew up white poor. Right. You know? It's just the, like, I didn't have no privilege. That's the point, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah. Once you hijack these words and put meanings to them, yeah. then you can change the game. Right? I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was telling me, oh, listen, I believe in God. 
I, I, I know there's a God, and I, and I, and I'm, I surrender, you know, I, and so when I started asking, well, what does that look like? Yeah. Then the game changes, right? What does believing in God mean? You were just talking about it just a second ago. When you say, I believe in God, yeah. is that, are you living out that belief? Are you trusting mm-hmm. in that? That's the problem. Yeah. So is, it, is it, it, it manifests in your actions? Yes, and that's the problem. Yeah. So we, if we just say I believe in God, well, that's that's broad. That's very, you know, you can get by with that, and or in anything. Say, take the word love. You know, I'm who, writing down what you're saying. Yeah, so they've hijacked like, as, as, the word love. I hate people that say I love you all the time. Yeah. I don't say love even to my kids half the time. You know why? Because it wasn't programmed and trained to us. My parents already knew. Say. I don't have to tell you I love you. They just that's the way they grew up, you know. Right. Where like I can have some friends and maybe even some family. I love you. I love you. you know, it's like the constant re like if you love somebody your actions are already speaking it. Like we were talking about the whole wife thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, I'm 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 impressed by your all's marriage." Well, like we expect things like this is the way a husband's supposed to behave and this is the way a wife is supposed to behave and act and i don't need like i don't need constant like hey i love you i do this like where some people need that all the time i i see it by action i know marshall loves me because man like we didn't even know each other a few years ago and it was just like the actions and and the way he just carries himself, the way he invited me into all these different things, I was just like, man, that's love. It, it's it's like I don't I don't think there's one time I said I love you, Marshall. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say I love you, Marshall. You know, so like those are the kind of things like you know like Chris doing. We didn't even have anything to do with any podcasts or tools at all, and Chris is like, oh well, I got this whole kit, and I, I you know he's he's got a professional engineering circuit board over here and it's just and he's just doing it on his sunday mm-hmm. out of love right. his actions are speaking and i don't but, even know the point i'm going with well, this right now like but it's yeah, one of those yeah. things like when you look at um you know people don't stand on a lot of their own principles or words yeah. because they don't know what they really mean right just like we look at what's going on with our young children with sexuality a lot of them have no idea what it means it's just an it's it's a fad. It's new or it it whatever it may be, whatever you, you think it is or whatever's going on, it's creating some things in people and they don't know why they feel that they they feel the way that they do. I've seen this so many times, and I work in a field where it, with addiction and recovery and all these different things, and I see this stuff on a regular basis. And a lot of people don't know what they really mean or feel or what what words that they usually express, but yet it works. So just take I even remember when I got married, um, we thought. You know, I I was under the impression both my parents were gone. You know, nobody taught me how to be in a relationship. Nobody taught me about love. And so I just assumed, hey, we got time in. Uh, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. This should, this should probably work itself out. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? You, yeah. you know about love. I know about love. This, this looks good mm-hmm. here. Well, we got two people coming together. Her identity, her what she identifies as love is far different. My ex-wife came from being adopted. She came from a completely different background, raised completely different. And what her perception of love is and what mine was were two different ball games. So then we get together and then we, we're standing in front of this church, in front of all these people saying, hey, yeah, you know what? I love you. I love you. And then we get out of there and realize very quickly, I don't like you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even like who you are, you know, and now we're in this position that we're together and I don't even know you. 
You know, and now I'm starting to see, well, look at all these things that I had bottled up in my past that I never even addressed. All the things she had bottled up in her past, she doesn't even address. And now we're sitting here trying to hold it together because we thought we had all this faith in the world that God was going to bless this. And God had nothing to do with it from the very beginning. But talking, we thought it was love. I was talking earlier this week. I was actually at a meeting or whatever. And I was like, um, I was like, if I'm only half a person and I'm not working on being a whole person. And I, if I am with somebody else, you know, romantically or, or whatever, even a friend, yeah. I'm going to start taking from you part of your half. If I don't work on myself, if I'm not an autonomous person who, who, uh, pivots off of God and love and myself, if I'm like, oh, I need you to verify me or I need you to make me feel like, then I'm just going to take from them. Mm. And that's hard. To, that's hard for me. Cause it's, you and know, if you're taking the wrong crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know I, I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, you're taking that broken person. stuff too. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Or if if we're both broken and we're yes. just like validate, validate back and forth, and then we're just kind of, it's and you know, it's crazy is because in the end, in our mind, we're alone. I mean, other than you, you can talk mm. to God and all, mm. and, and so I've been dealing with that a lot lately. I'm like, am I okay alone? Am I okay just with my thoughts? And, and right. sometimes I'm not. You know, and like. A lot of people aren't willing to, to you know, to willing to sit with themselves and be alone. Yeah, they're just not. Like, I mean, I know I'm not. Like, I thought I, I got a little thing to go over here to this float tank over here. You know, where yeah. you sit in there in the dark and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting it off because I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with with what happens in there. You know, like, <laughs> like what is gonna, right. what's gonna manifest in my mind that I'm gonna be like, oh, that thing. Yeah, um, you know. You're right. like eleven from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, tr- I come out float like, tub. Yeah, I come out and. <laughs> I, I I don't know, but it's definitely something like in, in in relationships, expectations can really get you in trouble. Dude. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. that's where I did my most growing when I when I went through my divorce, and I didn't have anyone. You know, I mean, it was it was sad it's too the because roughest time. it was sad. Rough. I mean, I I was oh meeting God. with pastors. This is no joke. I was meeting with pastors, and I had no money for food or anything. I was I mean, when I tell you, I got hammered. Um, I was losing everything. I lost my career. I lost my reputation. Mm. I mean, you think about being a pastor and a pillar in the community and everybody, when you walk in a room, you brought hope and people share their almost intimate things with you. And then um, as soon as we go through a divorce, she made some allegations and it was over and there was nothing I could say. And even the crazy part, if you believe the allegations were true, I never had a person in my faith come to me and pray with me about the things that they heard about me to help me. But when you were in your darkest hour, I was there every single day that I could be. But no one was there in mine. Mm. And so when I'm meeting with these pastors, I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to eat this week. And they're like, but I'm praying for you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. I appreciate <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. I'll eat that prayer sandwich tonight. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I say individual stuff. I just look at everything as an individual now because if I – if I had to depend on my mosque or depend on this and that, it's like I can't even, oh, I'm managing my expectations. I guess that's what I'm doing. So if I'm like, oh, don't worry, I can go there. They'll feed me because that's the mosque. No, I, I can't look at it that way. I have to look at the value. that in, And I think it's my upbringing mm-hmm. because I had to grow up as an immigrant. I had to learn to be both white, black, and brown, and yellow, and Asian, mm-hmm. and Christian, and Jewish. And I had to be all of that. 
and I and I had to learn that. That's why I think I do so good with like individual people. It's like I, I have to look at that because that was my survival skill, right. and I had to learn that from the very beginning. And that that's that just. And that's the part where I'm so sensitive that really hurts my heart is I know how much passion you probably gave to that church and the community and everything else like that because uh, I know you as a person. And at the end, they were just like, we'll find another marshal. Bro, and yeah. when you when you say – let me just say that. Like, yeah. When, like we were talking about when it was my most difficult time in my life. Oh, so not only dude, was I, I, I going it, through I'm a there. divorce – I lost my reputation there. and I lost my career. There. I couldn't even do that ever again. And then I lose not seeing my children. Mm. I didn't get to see them for a month. And then I get put into a courtroom where they treat me like I'm a father that was addicted to drugs or in and out of prison yeah. Yeah. instead of one that's been there for my children. And I love my kids more than anything. And so I had a to, stat. Yes. And I took all that in. And I remember the first, and I had no, I literally had no money, two car payments that I had to make. Yeah. And I remember going to this apartment. My buddy had an apartment, a friend of mine. They let me rent it for next to nothing because until they sold it. And I remember the first night I laid in that bed, and I just wept. Mm, yep. And I wept. And I i mean, I ain't talking about crying. I yeah. wept. And I sat and I talked to God, and I just had a conversation. All right, it's just us. It's just me and you. And what it should have been. And here I stepped out of that again, trying to please and yeah. fix the world and I, like you're talking about. And I couldn't do it on my own. And I've, I've I've made a lot of mistakes in this process. My pride and my arrogance and a lot of things got in the way. And so as I'm sitting there and laying in that bed, um, it was, all right, we got to get up tomorrow. We got to get moving mm-hmm. and we got to yeah. figure this thing out. And you're going to be alone. You're going to be alone and you're going to be and you're going to take you're going to feel this because you can't do this again. Yeah. And I took that. And I accepted that. And I, one thing that everybody used to tell me, like, listen, man, you just got to trust God. He's going to take care of it. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Everybody's saying those things to me. I've already trusted God. That's that's not the issue here. I failed God in some aspects of my life. On top of I got some other things going on. I don't get the luxury to turn that off. I failed in marriage. I failed as a parent in some aspects. And I failed God. I have to accept that part of my life. The other part is this. God owes me nothing. God owes me nothing. And I am so grateful for that. I owe him everything. And it just took me some time to figure that out. But I, that alone time, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, was so necessary. Yeah. But because awful. It's awful. It was yeah. hard. But I, I had that I, in school. Like, man. I was eight years away from home. And I remember calling my sister one day. Because, like, here's what I did. I went to uh, the bar a couple weekends mm-hmm. in a row instead of studying for boards. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. And guess what I did? I bombed a board. Right. And it, it put me back and then this and that. And like, I remember like just having those, I wanted to quit. I'm calling my sister. I'm crying. She's like, you'll get through. And then one day I just started analyzing, you know, like you, you said, I failed God. And then I was with my kids one day and, uh, and my daughter's like, daddy, I didn't know. And I was just like, man, that's probably what, uh, I should tell God because I didn't know. Like, he put me on this planet, on this earth, and I'm trying to be perfect all the time, and I'm trying to just, you know, be with him so I don't disappoint him. Well, you know what he's going to say? It's not my fault. I mean, you you were put on this earth to make mistakes and to recover. Mm-hmm. Why? You give yourself the most punishment. 
and then you get into your head and you think the world is doing the same thing. The world could give a care less no, about all of us. They're not thinking like, about they're not thinking about us. No one is it's just it's it's our mind and it's our thoughts that thinking that the whole world is focused on us. What would they say if Asaf did this or they don't give a damn. No. Yeah, it, it I finally got to a point where it's like it's okay to F up and make mistakes. Learn from it, grow from it, move on. But know what type of you could have like you knew better after all, everything that you went through, you could have been a mass shooter that night. Like you would, and you would have felt great. <laughs> you know, you would have felt great popping off that clip. You know, yeah. but you knew that that's not the right thing to do because you you still have some sort of sanity about you, and you have some sort of fear about you, and that and that's what I mean. Like it's it's the choices we have to come to the conclusion. Like all these things is like, and as I'm saying this to you. How would I look at my son or daughter's spouse or something like that if they messed up real bad? Like, would I be in forgiveness mode, be like, that's okay, son. Everyone makes a mistake. Or would I be like, uh-uh, you did this to my daughter. You right. did this to my son. You know, like, I have to really think about those questions, but I'm okay saying it and talking about it where other people will not, and they'll just maybe treat you different. That's the, you know, And that's the whole point. Yeah. That it, when, when I tell you, when I say I lost the reputation, I'm not talking as if I was some king or god or something like that i'm not saying that i'm saying that you know i had a a lot of people who i spent a lot of times in their their homes breaking bread praying with crying with you know spent lots of times doing hospitals i can't tell you how many times i was in hospitals and memorizing Mm -hmm. rooms and feeding people's family members that i've gone in rooms where people i knew they were blatantly racist and people would ask me to go see them and i go in and have prayer with them and change things you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so I, I i spent so much time when and, every, and you gotta think about this as a pastor you know i start off with no kids and no people in my my church and then you go out and you're recruiting and you're bringing mm-hmm. them in well as you're bringing them in they're pouring their life in you they're telling you everything Right. They're telling you I'm broken. I'm lost. I have nothing. And I've been out here sinning, doing all these different things. They're telling you these things. And then you're helping them get from point A to point B to grow. You don't have to live like this. And you're helping them get out of these these positions. And then the moment you fall short. They like I said in the book, the barbarian, they kill their wounded. Mm -hmm. It was immediately. Get him out of here. The church was like, we don't want him in here. We don't. We don't like what you're doing. You're bringing in too many at-risk kids, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that anymore. And then the people that were in there, the elders and the leadership, they weren't coming to my house to make sure I was okay and praying with me and talking to me. Things that I did with them on a regular basis. So it was like, man, you think about this when you walk in. And just for me, when you walk into a church and they you do an interview. What they're going to tell you is we prayed and we prayed and we know that God said you have to be here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, we don't want you no more. And you think about going home and taking that as a sleeping pill. Oh, God don't want me. <laughs> yeah. Even God don't want me to yeah. be here at this place. Not only do these kids and these parents and these people not want me anymore. It's like you become Frankenstein. They come up with this pitch for But what I love, sorry, the, 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 what I love about this is that it's crazy to me, Marshall, because I used to be a pastor, and I had the same thing happen to me. We you know that's how we met, right? Do you know how we? That's how we met, right? Old Orchard Church. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I was a pastor before that too. All right, All right go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we yeah we didn't meet to be Joey. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, it is. You're right. It is how we met. Huh. Mm. I might have been under some influences back then. Anyway, <laughs> I'm hanging um, out with two fallen angels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what, we what, got what a name for you is, too, is, awesome. is that You took yes. All those people treated you like shit. Okay, true. As a former pastor, I'll say shit. And so, <laughs> you know, is they treated you like shit. They excommunicated you, if you will. But you looked at what did I do wrong? Because you have to. You Absolutely. only learn the lessons that hurt the most. One hundred percent. I'm learning more lessons right now than I care to learn. Right. But <laughs> but you learn the lessons by self-examining. Oh, I didn't navigate this with as much love as I should, or I was too much in my ego, or um, I got too cocky or confident. I have all the same problems. I think I'm awesome, and then as soon as I think I'm awesome, I trip and fall. As soon right. as I think mm. I have got it made, and that I've got all the answers, ugh, and I just fall. That's yeah. what always has happened to me. Right. As soon yeah. as I get a little bit of swagger, I'm like, I'm trying to like, trying to rap like Hove, and then next <laughs> yeah. thing you know, I'm like, oh. Yeah. You, you said like, prayer sandwich, yeah. and I, I thought yeah. with like a side of <laughs> like with a side of supplication, yeah. a little bit. Of, <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. But I think it's funny that I, that I did not know that you had the same experience, and um, it changed me. That's actually just to go into my personal. Maybe life. you all should combine powers and make a church. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of that's a mega a lot, church, and then we can yeah. all be rich. The one thing I before he goes <laughs> on, the one thing like I would never take a paid position in a church under the leadership of men who've never had to do it. Mm. I would never do it again, and I hate to say it that way. I mean, God, Explain unless God, God can tell who, me, like, like, like a board so when, of when deacons. you take a board of elders and deacons, uh -huh. right? You're talking about a group of men who have got a position. Nine times out of ten, the the the, the chair, the lead elder of a church is usually the guy that makes the most money, the most oh, yeah. prominent guy mm -hmm. in the community, the guy who ties the most, ties the most, mm -hmm. and they don't want to lose him. That that is a one thing that I've learned in almost every church that I've pastored in, except for one. Um, and I will never sit under a group of men who have never had to get up every single day and dedicate their life to this. And and and, and this is not this is Chris will take this. It's a calling. It's not a and and I'm not one of those people that just talk about like going to a Christian school. Hey, we're called. And, yeah. no, I don't do that. I'm, I'm telling you, I know it was a calling over my mm -hmm. life because yeah. it's the one thing I never wanted to do. And the way it happened for me, it was it's so crazy. But when you sit in a room full of people and they tell you. What they think ministry is. No, you think of me as a director. You think of me as an employee who has to do. I am measured by the number of people I have in mm -hmm. here and the number of events mm -hmm. that I do. That is never going to be how the Holy Spirit or God works. I had to spend so many nights with these with the, the people I invest. I spent I opened the church every day and sat in that church to almost one, two o'clock in the morning. I taught four nights a week. We went out every single day. We didn't just take it in. We implied. We we applied it everywhere we went. We were. I would. Whatever I would teach them, we had to go out and do. I'm gonna tell you one of the craziest things I ever saw in my life in one of my youth rooms. We we had about 80 kids in the room. Had the lights dim, and we were. I did a foot washing service, and I washed the feet of every one of my students that were in there. And I just wanted to let them know I'm going to serve to the, the greatest of my capacity. And as I'm doing this. The whole room erupts in a way that I've never seen. And one, we had, I had a guy that I've been working with who was homeless and been homeless for some time. And he was in the room down the hall because um, I wasn't sure how I could incorporate him with kids just yet because I didn't know of him. Smart. And 
one of the young ladies and the young kid, it was 13 or 14 year old girl in my youth group, gets up, walks in that room and grabs him, brings him in the room and washed his feet. <laughs> it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? And you can't put that in a program. You can't teach that to just something. That, that was something that moved her, that put her in that position to do it. I did one thing in this room and I put this box in the middle of the room and I just said, hey, Whatever you're holding on to, we need to let go. And tonight, we're going to start that process. Write it down. If you don't want to confess or whatever, just put it in this box and we'll go. And I'm going to burn it tonight. And I just opened up that door to start thinking about letting go of some of these past pains and traumas. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just let, let the room be still. Has a little quiet music playing. And I had one kid stand up. And he's just standing there. And as he's sitting there talking, he's just like, he just starts screaming, no, you won't touch me. No, you won't touch me. And he starts going off. And he starts spilling out things that happened to him that were that somebody tried to do but didn't get to. But he had been holding it for so long. So everybody thought he was so angry, but he was literally fighting something far greater. Mm. And that move, that atmosphere created that for his kid. And I was so heartbroken for him, but I was so relieved that he got to finally address that and live. But you can't write that in a program. You can't make that happen. I'm not that good. You know what I mean? I wish I was, but I'm not. And I'm not about to let a group of men tell me how to do that or not do that. You know, when you're called for something, just like your gift, you can you can write it in a book and tell you all the stuff. I've, I've gone under you and I've sat in your room and you talked to me. And one of the things that you said to me, I will never forget, when you were getting ready to pop my neck, which was the scariest thing I ever went yeah. through. But you told me, you talked to me about trust. And you said, you're going to have to trust me to do this. I'm telling you, I couldn't have done that with anybody else. But you made it so clear to me why we had to go through this process and what I needed to do and how much I needed to trust you that you were not going to hurt me. And as scary as it was going to be, you were going to take it. And not only did you do it once, you had to do it twice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Books can't give you that conversation piece. People can't teach you that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's what hit me the hardest is that so that when I say to you, and I want you to finish what you were saying, that's why I would never sit under a group of men who never had to do what we have to do every single day and trust them because you're not going to wake me up one day and say, well, we just don't feel like God wants you here because you don't have enough people here. Or we don't like the group of kids or the people that you're bringing in here. I'll never sit under that again. So what I've done is my mission field is everywhere I go, everywhere I go. What I do down at our, where I work at now, where I do when I'm out in the community, I will forever share that message and I will forever try to help people as in the best that I can. And I don't need the building or the people to tell me how to do that. That's the one thing I do love about being when I was alone and broken and going through that. It's the one thing that my grandmother said this a long time ago. They can take your cars, your house, your wife, and everything from you, your money, but they can't take God out of you. And that has carried me through everything. So no matter what anybody says, I, and I, like I said, and you said, I had to start with me first. And before I could do anything else, I had to address, I because I can blame the church and I could blame everybody else for what went wrong or they didn't listen to me. I could do all that. And that's, that's and I, I got to that point. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I had to address, hey, bro, you made some mistakes. You made a lot of mistakes. You didn't do things right. And it was so hard. To, how do you go teach every single day when your marriage is falling apart? Yeah. How do you go share how great God is? When you know I'm getting ready to walk in here and I don't like this lady and she don't like me and we ain't going nowhere. But we have this this beautiful kid in the midst of this. And then you got to go out here and teach every single day. You know that song, How Great Thou Art? Like, yeah. You know, that, that's how's it go? Uh, 
My savior got to the Lincoln. How great that! Yeah, yeah. okay. That song was written by a guy who, um, his, he was waiting for his. He was in America, I believe, and he was waiting for his wife and kids to come over and and meet him. And he found out that they died in a shipwreck. All of them, all his whole family died. Hmm. And he was, I think, going to. you know, he that he found that out, he was devastated, and that's when he wrote that song. How you know, how great thou art. Mm-hmm. So sings my soul. Like that's yeah. when he wrote that song. <laughs> yeah. When the worst thing in the world happened to him. Right. So when I hear that song, it's a whole nother Absolutely. deal. I'm like, this is a you're you know, God's still great regardless of the circumstances, and that's Absolutely. hard to do. Especially, it is. I mean, I my, it's crazy, Marshall. My life as mirrors yours in so many ways. Um, and it just blows my mind. Like I've been through, I remember I was at this church and I got, um, they came to me one day and they, they said, we can't pay you anymore. Hmm. And usually that means most jobs you're, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) That usually means you're fired. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, well, this is how I make my living. You know, like, right. <laughs> you can keep this, the the parsonage. You can do this, and I was like, and you can get another job. I was like, no, I work here. Like, I go, I drive kids seven, eight hours a week back and forth to this church. I have events every single, you know, and I would go to my pastor sometimes, and I'd be like, fourteen kids came to the altar tonight, you know, and the same thing with the kids talking about their abuse and everything, and just moments of just, and I put my heart and soul into it. You say, yeah, well, they'll backslide. He'd just say that to me. And I'd be like, meanwhile, you know, he had definitely had some gluttony problems. Anyway, but um, <laughs> like he just had a heart attack, and we'd go over to a certain restaurant, and he would be like, right. you know, heart, heart attack soup. And I'm like, You're gonna, like, don't die here. So like okay. that Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, totally, like, he's like eggs on top of cholesterol with cholesterol <laughs> shaking on it. God will save me. <laughs> yeah. And so I can go into that whole thing, but. They took one board meeting, one board meeting to get rid of me. Mm. And then they came back and tried to offer me money and all that stuff. And I said, you know, I had too much pride. But they, it took them. But see, it's funny. Like a year before that, they they were going to fire the maintenance man, Pee Wee. It took him three meetings. It took him nine hours to fire Pee Wee. <laughs> and and Pee Wee was like drinking in the church garage. Right. Yeah. And, on, and like, just, I don't know if we can get rid of Pee Wee. Yeah. Because right. you know he's yeah. been here a long time, well, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it took one to get rid of me. Yes, and you know what? I know the feeling because you lose your identity. I'm called to this, but then you're like, I just got fired by God. I got fired by God, <laughs> and it killed me. And honestly, that's when I started drinking. Yeah. That's when I went into my addiction. You know, that's when I was like, well, God doesn't exist. Let's burn this thing to the ground. Right. You know, and. Um, but you know, I eventually got into social work and all that kind of thing. And, but it's, I think often this is what the theme of my life right now. Like I've pretty much had the whole thing pulled out from under me, but God is like, as I said, I think I said this last week, like stop planting your flag in melting icebergs. Stop, you know, stop having all these golden calves, Right. you know, stop putting your faith on things that are finite. And it's Absolutely. just, he keep in like, and he'll teach you a lesson over and over again until you learn it. And I keep doing it. I mean, I'm still doing it in some ways. There's no, yeah. but it's, I can't wait till I learn the lesson. Maybe I'll feel really great. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I definitely see I have less fear now. 
Well, yeah, like, can you yeah. imagine how, how afraid were you when you lost everything? Oh, do you, do my you gosh. All, do you all a, feel a like fear. in those times when you all went through it? Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like this sometimes. Like, you're always – this is how I am. I'm always searching for, like, greatness and glory. Mm. And it's always there. But I feel like it just – like, um, example, I, I had uh, one of my buddies come, chiropractor. Uh, from Lexington, and his family came down, and um, so what the whole meeting was about, like, hey, let's go and develop another clinics and this and that, or blah blah blah, and uh, and it was a great meeting, but after he left last weekend, I'm like, what are you doing, Osif? I was like, do you really want to do this, or do you have you have everything already? And it's going well. What are you keep on? You're chasing something more, and you don't even know if you want it. You mm-hmm. just think that if you have three clinics and two clinics, that you'll be something greater mm-hmm. than you already have. What you mm-hmm. have, you have a family, you have a practice, you have a I don't know a food truck thing going on. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast. Like putting another thing on your plate to try to achieve greatness when you already have. Like, what are you so like? What do you want to do? Hang out with Elon Musk? Is that what's going to make you happy, or yeah. is that going to like you know, put the cherry on top? So I I've been doing a lot of soul searching on that. Like I'm feeling my vibe and energy is just like. You already have everything. Mm-hmm. You everyone goes through their ups and downs and financial stuff and this and that and that's just your battle. But you put another coal on that fire. Is that going to mess up your family life? Is that going to mess up your relationships that you mm-hmm. have already built? Because you're going to have to, you may have to tear down being on the board. You may have to tear down not doing the food truck. You may miss your family more because now you're out of the office, mm-hmm. like and and your patients and stuff like that. Everything that you've developed and built over, and you keep on chasing this artificial greatness. Well, if I make ten grand more, this will be I'm be happier. I'll be more free. Not necessarily a case. So what I came to a conclusion is that it does take away from my freedom, you know, each and every little thing that, like, I add on. And my whole goal was about gaining freedom. It's deceptive, though. It's very deceptive. The the deception part is this, right? I see people that I work with every single day, and there's some people that can go on a vacation and come back and not miss a beat. Financially, whatever, right? And... It's their opportunity seems like all I want to do is for for me personally, it's just I want to be able to have that opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I can I can make those same types of decisions and do those. It's like I've always started off on an unequal playing field. And that's what's so hard about being a minority, also being a Christian, everything else. And that's why it's it's not that I'm chasing greatness. I want I just want to be able to have an opportunity to have a seat at the table to gain success like the people around me. And it just doesn't seem like that opportunity comes. Just like when we're talking about a ministry, you know, it was like I have to prove everything. These people are given the opportunities and they, they're they trusted. And I'm just sitting back like, what what am I doing so wrong? You you said you prayed. God told you I'm supposed to be here. But yet I still have to earn something. Even what I feel today, nothing seems like it's never good enough. But what does it look like to be good enough? I was talking to someone last night about this. Like, what does mm-hmm. it look like 
to be good enough. Who says you're good enough? I think Who do you I think what I, I keep on hearing is I sorry to cut you off is like um start changing those words around. Like you're saying, um, I'm just trying to start I mean I always start from the bottom. Like acknowledge it and change the words to I'm starting at this level and I want to attain this level whenever you're speaking because I think that uh, past hurt and anger mm-hmm. it, it it bubbles up through even our conversations like like if I have uh, I have plenty of weaknesses and stuff like that and I have a very <clears throat> what do you call uh, insecurities mm-hmm. about myself so one when I was saying the same thing with around some of my one a friend of mine is a chiropractor, but he like we're real tight, and he was just like, dude, you keep on saying can't and this and I that like you know he was like your your words that are coming out are reflection of yeah where you could have been, but this is not where you're going. Even you mentioning that you came from the bottom, just be like you know I want to achieve this. This mm-hmm. is where I'm going for. I know like it, it does. It's like everything that the universe like you're trying to achieve in the universe mm-hmm. is like you have to speak on it like you're already there like bringing the future to today yeah what can i do yeah for the future today how do i bring it yeah. like because yeah. because i i just feel like in every conversation we have like even like if we talk about um divorce like you both of you guys went through and stuff like, I don't see any of that in you all when we're talking one-on-one. or Like, I don't see any of your all's, like, faults. Like, I, I like my perception of you all is totally different than mm-hmm. what you may perceive. You weren't married to us. Yeah. <laughs> touche. Touche, yeah. But, but what, you know, what I'm saying is, like, you know, like, if, like, I had self-confidence issues, like, all the time, you know. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. That's my biggest one. Mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough because I want to be so badly right and say punch you in your face dr fauci like you know like that kind of right that i then have self-confidence issues that if i go speak online or stuff i wonder if people think i'm smart enough that's funny because you're a doctor yeah and yeah (laughs) yeah like yeah you could be a mad scientist and still be like i wonder if they think i'm smart enough i hope i said this correctly and but if i if i start speaking like i already am confident whatever's mm-hmm. coming out of my mouth instead of like well this could like you know that automatically mm-hmm. changes the whole conversation instead of like this is mm-hmm. uh, uh and and i believed you the second time yeah, yeah yeah so it, it's that that i see sometimes when we're discussing our past or this it keeps on bubbling up to the surface to where it's still playing in our lives because of our wordings we're choosing to use on a daily basis do you believe that okay, God spoke. You know, Christianity wise, I, I don't know about the Quran or anything, but God spoke the world into existence, right? Yeah. So sound waves actually have been proven to have created the earth. Like they've done some studies and actually the, yeah, the vibration, the, the, the frequencies. frequencies yeah. yeah. If God is in us, how much do our words mean? Oh, you know? absolutely. I mean, life and death in the power of the tongue. Yes, it is, James. Here's, here's, three, here's, yeah. here's what we have to look at, though: is we have to. All I'm saying is I don't I, I don't mind changing words and different things. Oh yeah. I, I live for me personally, I have to live in this 
and not saying you don't. I live in what we reality in the sense of I know that not everybody is going to. So, like for instance, you know, he is a doctor. He, he is. has he has a. A, a certain and and he earned that he worked his tail off to get mm-hmm. there and there's a, he has put himself in a position that he has his own practice right mm-hmm. and he had to get to that point his own practice to get away from somebody always every time he get here somebody always saying mm-hmm. right yeah. he had to get to that point so in our field we're forever under someone mm-hmm and that someone is always there's no there's not opportunities unless I go into getting my master's degree in counseling mm-hmm. to open up my own counseling. I can't be a master in marketing and have my own position that no one can tell me how to do it or not do it, right? And that's where the, my issue lies is that I the, the trust that I that I I can't get to with somebody is to trust that I'm going to do the job correctly. In ministry, you say God told you I'm supposed to be here. And yet you don't trust me to do the job. That's a very difficult thing that if God himself can't allow you to trust me to do the job, what? who can't? Like, and what does that say to you when they say, say that to you? Yeah. So when I'm saying it's not that I don't believe, I believe in myself. Yeah. I trust in God in me. It's just that you're surrounded by people who will never see that in you either and, or are afraid of it. And if they fear it, they will try to squash it to keep it from getting to. I mean, I'm well, telling you. Well, you said I, it perfect. You said ahead. it perfect. You believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So you gave me that great praise of, like, I have my own practice. I couldn't get there without believing in myself. Right. I quit my job while my son was pregnant. Uh, was not pregnant. My wife was pregnant <laughs> with my really son. This got really weird. Yeah, this got real weird. My wife was pregnant with my son. Right. We had just purchased a brand new home, and I said, give me $50 million or I'm going to quit, and I quit. You know, And I was just like, holy crap, what did I just do? I got to the point where you were. I was so fed up. And, yeah, I don't know your all's field that was a uh, hierarchy, but there's – no way in hell that I believe that if you wanted to develop your own mental health wellness thing, like at own practice, and try to figure it out yourself, that you couldn't do it. Like it's I, it's I, so I, funny you say that. I, I refuse to believe that you can't do it. Like because I know what you're capable of and the uh, the connections you make in the community. Like you don't need, and I won't drop names. You don't need your organization. Your organization needs you. And that's the mentality I took because I was never going to achieve freedom because all my superiors were looking out for themselves and their best interests, and that's perfectly okay. I had to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking out for themselves and what's their best interest because they're all trying to achieve the same thing, which is, I think, eventually freedom for everybody. Mm-hmm. So with your all's two brain uh, capacity and your all's background and all the skill that you have, I refuse to believe that there's not an organization sitting in front of me right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, like, I, I, I gotta, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm figuring. Yeah. I have to figure out what that is for me because I'm not doing yeah. this anymore. You yeah. know what I was where I was. What my field was ministry. Yeah. You've been hanging around with people that are non-business owners all your life. They've been working for somebody. Mm-hmm. When you talk to people that are business owners or small business owners, the mindset it's like talking to a republican democrat right we always have beef with that mm-hmm. going that because one person's like social 
another person's just like freedom and you know that and and there's and they all want the same thing they right. all want you know but the the way you approach it two is two gotcha. different ways and that that's why it like uh, one of my dad's friends came over last night um you know and he was just like telling my dad he was like um they call my dad Razak or whatever you know he's like um he's like you know uh, your son keep pushing him to doing his own creation of stuff. He's like, me and you've been employees in our entire life, you know, and that's all we know. And this is all we can, you know, guide and mm-hmm. guidance and give him. And I, and it just stuck out with me since last night. I was like, geez, I guess, I guess we are on the right path. You know, it's just, and, and it was so difficult for them to do that because the circumstances they were in, they had to have those jobs one worked for Marshall, one worked for Smithville, whatever, and they had to feed their family. Mm-hmm. But they had no one around them. If my dad hung around with all businessmen all the time and read books and stuff like that and went that right, his mind would have drifted. But he was a different type of person. He was a working in a factory, and that was right. fun. That's great. They were different people. Me, I'm obviously different, so I'm going to teach my kids on the lessons I learned. It, but... I had to go through that very thing that I couldn't believe that I could not do it. How am I going to get a loan? Well, I'll find ways to get it loan. I'll find, I'll beg, borrow, do whatever I got to do. I'll get in more debt. Yeah. And, and, and you, you find it instead of saying, you know what, these, these people are uh, just doing it to me again, you know, or I'm not this way or I was incapable like my parents came with a daggone suitcase on an airplane, and I'm grateful that they did. And I was like, "There's no way I could have done that," right. you know. And, and and you know, you came from nothing. You came from nothing. I mean, we're all starting as somewhere, but it takes that little bit of I can. And okay, if I don't do it, then I'm forever stuck in this position. And, and that's that, what I didn't want to be. And that, that's, yeah. I think that's part of the issue yeah. for me, even with me and him is that. Um, our lives at one point we believed we were headed for this for the rest of our lives we were going to do ministry yeah. this is how mm-hmm. we going to be yeah mm-hmm. that was my and then when goal. you step out of that it's like well like what are we going to do yeah, it's like, <laughs> like outer space I'm, yeah like yeah, i'm not doing shuttle. this and i know i'm not going back to this from this capacity yeah. one because of some of my own choices also because of the places i've been but i also so now i'm re-evaluating life at much older two kids and you're like, okay, well, where do I go from here? So that's why I'm kind of like you're. you're I'm still kind of stuck yeah. in this position because I'm uh, one. I'm really not sure wh- who I'm supposed to be yet to where I'm going to move into that that field. Because once I once that comes, it's on. It's on. Like yeah. you're the purpose about. shift once, is jarring yeah. when you're like, I am going to bring salvation to the masses. <laughs> to I can't even save myself right. you know you know and, and, and it, it just shifts yeah. like that's why I, I mean i took me about 15 years to really get it going it's interesting because i just got um i just left the company of 12 years i was sold out to the company i lived the culture i was all about it i would preach the culture like it was a religion yeah you know i knew all the words and and then all of a sudden it's gone I was, you know, I find I'd, another Chris. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd gotten to the highest that I, I got farther than I never got. I was over whole states and things like that. Yeah. And then yesterday I started a job at this like online therapy thing. And then I realized that I'm a contractor for them and I have no boss. And I started smiling and I was like, 
because because I'm independently licensed. I don't need right. I don't need anybody right. to tell me what to do. And I never felt that independentness. I was like, number one, I got kind of freaked out because I'm mean, this is up to me. I better do a good job. Right. There's no pressure like that. Right. Then I was like, oh, I make my own schedule. There's no meetings. I don't have to. It was crazy, and I started getting happy. And like, of course, I was upset that I lost that you know you know lost that job in the way I liked it and everything. But there was something freeing about it. Like I, and then I thought maybe I could just do this on my own. You know, I mean, it's funny that you're even talking about that because I'm like, what am I doing? Like being a slave to somebody else and their corporate bureaucracy and bullshit. I mean, just yeah. you know. And so it's interesting that we're having this conversation. It's very timely, but like. I, th- I think there is something about like I don't ha- you know, I've, I haven't hung out with a lot of business owners and it's like yeah. you do have a different mindset. Yeah. All corporations started from some single dude saying like, "Hey, I think I can do this," and then they developed into whatever company they did. And it, but it took guts and believing. I, all I woke up one day and said, "Damn it, I don't get to do this again." Like, I only have one life. I'm only, mm. you know, I went through my 20s only once in my life, you know. Right. Like, I don't, if I don't do this now, who's going to shoot that shot? Like, and then I, I I just couldn't do that. Like, I'm looking around me, and, and it's part of me wanting to be great all the time, right? It's like, well, it, now or never. Now or never. Right. Because I remember seventh grade basketball got cut because I was, I was scared, and I was, mm-hmm. I had cheap shoes on, and I had like, and I kept on reliving that. I'm like, now or never. Right. You either gonna try to be Jordan or you're not. Right. Like you're gonna do this, and if I die failing, at least people will be like, well, he's a good kid, mm-hmm. and he didn't do anything shady. Right. And what, you know your what, wife and kids and families right. there. That that was the only thing that that still. That's the scary me. part. That's a, yeah. Where I yeah. made the mistake, truthfully, yeah. that I look back on now and see where I kind of messed myself up is, it's not. It's kind of a gift and a curse. I went to college to be a, a minister, and that's where I graduated from it's to be a minister, right? And <laughs> probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life. Not going to the school that was that was uh, that was decent, but to take. First of all, you you can't degree a calling. You just can't. And also, yeah. it's useless and if you're not doing that. exactly. Job. So that, that so when I, the reason why I, I feel like I'm in a position that I'm in now, where I'm having to, you still have to go through these these growing pains, is because what do I sell to a company right now outside of I, I can say ten years in marketing, but I'm a ministry major, yeah. right? And I'm not going into the ministry field in that aspect, but I am going to bring ministry wherever I go. But I don't bring to you a specific skill. I don't have a marketing degree. I didn't have a this degree. So I don't bring that skill set to you yet. But I bring all this experience and things that I have. Yeah. That just doesn't sell to a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Well, it well, matters that, more than it used to. Yeah. yeah and, and so now like I'm, I'm going. So. What I'm trying to do now is establish some real ground rules within myself, some things. So now when I say, oh, but I, I mean, I, ha- I don't have this, but I have this, 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 and this, and I'm working on this to bring this to the table yeah. and really figure an interview, that out. Yeah, uh-huh. you, you know what? You mean? Well, if yeah. I'm not, even if I'm in an interview or not, I'm just saying like, these are the things that I've been working on myself yeah. because uh, I, don't, yeah. I didn't have an identity. I mean, I'm a, a ministry mm-hmm. major marketing. You know what I mean, and that I couldn't. God needs can I, can I can I ask you to <laughs> can I ask you to a question? This is a real solid question. Um, 
we all got degrees and we all got certificates and stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gotten a job without knowing somebody on the end? Yes. No. I've never gotten a job. No. I've never gotten a job based on my qualifications. This might be the first time here in a little I've, bit. I've yeah. ne- I mean, and it blows my mind. It, it, so that's what I said. You know what? It's not about these little pieces of paper that I got at a college and they programmed me to go to university. I need to make relationships. Because if I can make a relationship, like say at your company, right? I made relationship. It led me to another opportunity. And it led me to another opportunity and here and there. Same, and that blew my mind. So. But my last two jobs, I didn't know yeah. anybody. The last two ministry yeah. jobs, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And somebody came to me and asked me. So it was like, that was the first time I'd ever been in that position where my degree mattered because yeah. it was like he went to KCU and all those things. But I'm not, I'm not, I understand. Every yeah. other job, yeah. I knew somebody. You so, have to, yeah. you have to know somebody. So I think that's like the most important thing is like the relationships. Like there wasn't a time that I was like, oh, I started my new practice and it's going to blow up. No, you know what? I had I had to know somebody in a business networking, and I got in. I had yeah. to know somebody in the building that I'm at, mm-hmm. and I got in and set mm-hmm. up. I had to know somebody. Yeah. Like it was never like, hey, there's Doctor Osif. Oh, look at these credentials. You know what? They could care less. Number one, I'm bald. I look probably brown and Mexican to them, and they're probably like freaking <laughs> like, who's this essay coming in here? You know. And, or, I never or, really thought that before till or, now. <laughs> yeah. Or some like you know, so uh, this girl from high school used to be like, "I thought you were black because you listened to rap music." I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, maybe I am." You know, so but whatever the case, <laughs> it's just like you're battling that all the time, you know. So it's just like I better get to know people. I better get to know some good old boys at the Elks or wherever I need to go yeah. because they need to know who I am, mm-hmm. and that's the only way I'm going to get a damn job. And that's the only way I'm going to get ahead in anything I need to do. That's just like, life, period. Yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. agree. I just, I'm just saying. F- Even with your ministries, I wouldn't hire you based on your Kentucky Christian degree. Why not? Is that where you went? I'm just yeah, kidding. I don't know. I went there, too. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, have a, I have a degree in preaching and Bible from there. What year? You were in my homeroom 2000. class, dude. <laughs> Let me look at my resume. It's right up here. I'll tell you. 2005, maybe? Yeah. Like I was there. See? You were. That's so strange. You all probably in the same class and didn't even talk to each other. Let me look and see what it says. Because his, he's a white guy he had with privilege. privilege. <laughs> <laughs> 2008 is when I graduated from there. So you started in 2004? Did you go four no, years? No, I went three three years. So 2005, I left in 2006. Right. I was a commuter student. Well, yeah, that's different. I yeah. wouldn't have seen him. Did you ever go to a basketball game or anything? No. So he didn't care about us. Basketball court and team, everything. Casey? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Football now. I bet there was. You know no what? Girls I probably did see. You. Did, you, did like you play a sport? Girls. You crazy? Did you There's play four girls. Anything? You're crazy. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, want to get now, married. Let me tell you like this: you get married by sophomore year. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> a, if you walk around the school, you're official. If you go on just a walk, you're official. And if you go get coffee, oh, you've been get ready. 
You better get ready to propose. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little insight. Oh pizza my Hut, baby. That's where you take them. Uh, the hey, Pizza Hut across the street. You can't pizza do that. Mm. You go that to Pizza Hut. Yeah. It's, it's over. Buffet. Watch out. You go to Pizza Hut, it's over. I took, to too, I took too many girls to Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I didn't have to be That's on campus, great. so I'd just go home. Yeah. Yeah, mine was the little Huddle House in Grayson. You oh, to, yeah. You go to Huddle House, you're officially dating. Yeah. Deep dip. And how'd you get away, Grayson, a black dude at the Huddle House? I got pulled over. This is no joke. My yeah. four, my last year there, I got the pulled over house? every Sorry. single. I got pulled over four straight nights by the Grayson police. They all recognized me. I even went into the huddle house and saw them all eating. And I saw there was one guy in there that I didn't reckon he was different looking, but he was the undercover narcotics agent. Yeah. And so they pulled me over four straight nights. The last night they pulled me over. I'm married at the time. I had my wife and my kid in the car. And they pulled me over, and instead of just letting me park on the street, they made me pull into the back of this bank, commercial bank mm -hmm. in Grayson. I'm in the back of the bank. They surround me with all the cop cars, oh and the undercover narcotic agent comes out. And I'm like, guys, you've pulled me over four straight nights. It's not me. It's not who you're looking for. I don't know why you keep pulling me over. I'm, you know, I got my wife and kid in the back. This is getting ridiculous. And the guy was like, listen, man, we're looking for And I see the undercover narcotic agent come out. They never even told me why they pulled me over. Yeah. They, first it was, oh, yeah, they did. I'm sorry. They said I was speeding. I said, not true. Got my wife and kid in the back, so I know. And I'm just turning off the highway. Like, yeah. You, so you couldn't even build up. And I had a Honda Accord. You couldn't even get enough of speed to, to speed at that point. And then they told me I was reckless endangerment. I said, how? Couldn't explain it. And then I see the undercover narcotic agents come out. And I said, so you guys are looking for drugs? And he looks in my car. That ain't him. And he's like, and they were looking for a white guy. And they still pulled me over just because they saw me. And so it was like, all right. And then they, they finally let me go. And I said, that's it. I moved out of Grayson after that. Yeah, um, dude. But like, even going, uh, to the, going to the school, there was, at the time I was there, I think there was like eight of eight minorities. And then there were eight black people. And then there, there was, we. And at my one point, we had 11 Asian kids come from all at one time. And I will never forget how those Asian kids were treated at that school. And then for me, yeah, four of us were actually... From America, and then four of us, were, four of them were from Africa, and they could never get my name right. Yeah, I mean, and I played basketball. I was, you know, I was. I was Your name's Marshall. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was so simple. But I mean, Mahasha. What are they saying? No, like they would call me the other guys. They're like, hey, 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 are you Wimbai? And I'm like, no. Are you come, yeah. like, like, come Kamaru? on, Mario? Yeah. Like you, yeah, like you can tell we're different. Like you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. There's no way you can assume. We're I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna admit this. Yeah. I was super into the Russian chicks. Okay, at, 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 I know at, exactly at, who you're talking about. I was like, I would talk to them. So you think in Russian, huh? <laughs> like I would try to engage them all the time. Yeah. I know them. Yeah, and they, they were, were they were cool. They were really cool. They're all they're all know. named Natalia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But when I when anyway, we were there. Sorry, I got a little fancy. <laughs> I, went, I went to Russia for a minute with Vladimir Putin <laughs> from Russia with love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but when I was there, it was times. it was one of the things. And I remember they asked me to sit in a meeting, and they were asking how they're going to get more minorities. And so I'm just sitting in this meeting. Where do I don't we get say, more of you? Yeah. yeah. And I don't say one word. Why don't just, you be nice? And I'm just there. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just listening. I was like, I'm just listening to the conversation. And one guy was like, "Oh, you should." And one of the other guys there, he was biracial. And he was like, "Yeah, you should. You should put more black people on the brochures, and you should. You should. You know, you could market better to them." And they're all this, and they're looking at me. And said, "What do you think?" I said, "It's never gonna work." And he said, "Why?" I said, "You got eight black people." Y'all never said, y'all can't even get our names right. Yeah, you don't know who we are. You don't ask us any questions, and y'all fear us. And they're said, like, he's got to leave. How are you going to bring people in here if you're scared of us now? They brought got, the wrong they, guy to the meeting. Yeah. yeah and they're like, yeah. immediately, he was like, yeah. uh-oh. Who brought Malcolm X to the meeting? 
<laughs> Get Malcolm out of here. <laughs> and that was my one and only meeting. And then it was crazy. After that, then they started the whole let's do the football team. And then they got too many. And we have too many black guys in Grayson now. Too many situations were happening. If you're and bringing black guys to, to Grayson, yeah. it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I uh, mean, there's just well, then you're not only that, you're bringing these guys that are not. Here's the, here's where they really messed up. They weren't bringing people there to really even minister to, and they weren't bringing people there with the same values. So people were coming there for sports, and, for sports, and it was you're bringing people who are from a completely different side of the world coming in. Yeah. And I understand the concept, but I also felt like. You brought them into a place that was one. I mean, you saw what happened a couple Grayson years ago is, in Grayson Grayson's when everybody brought the guns out racist, and yeah. that one boy that was going to go in there and, and and let's bring someone from the ninth ward in New Orleans. I do down need there. to say this real quick. I found this. I learned this from police officers. So you, you guys remember what happened in Grayson, where the guy was going to bring the the NF, NFAC group in and they were going to dude. I had and they had yes. the people out there and the guns on mm-hmm. the rooftops and all that stuff. Did you know? I did not notice by law you cannot shoot. Over property. You had gun. Over huh? property. Over someone's property. So if they would have started burning down the buildings or whatever else, and you would have shot them for tearing up a building, you would have been, you could be prosecuted for that based on the law. Because you're shooting over a piece of property. Piece of property. You can't kill over property. That makes sense. So like if somebody was even outside over, your house trying oh, you to burn mean your house. Not, not actually the direction of over or the, you mean... You can't kill Be- somebody because of the property. So, or, like, if somebody was, yeah. if some, or if some, fire a gun over they, top of, yeah, like this is how it was explained to me. If you were, if you were in, if you were walking outside your house and somebody had was getting ready to light your house on fire, you, you couldn't shoot stop him. Stop pointing that gun at me, Marshall. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't shoot him for doing that. And just like you know how some people, oh, you, I can't shoot somebody because he's gonna put my house on fire. No, it's even if it's residential. Yes. You Bullshit. cannot. I'm this is no that. joke. Yeah. But is, that they, Grace, is that a Grayson law? No, that's yeah. a it's a law in in Kentucky. Can so you s- cut him? <laughs> Hold on. How about drop kicking? <laughs> you can definitely whoop somebody's yeah. rear end, but you couldn't shoot him. And this is what they were telling. Yeah, so, I can, and I would. Yeah, I mean, you will. I mean, somebody would. But White I'm saying, privilege. You have to. <laughs> But what they were, how was, I, I felt really badass when I said that. Right, you, you, you look tough when you said that. How you, how you do that? Like, is there certain things you can't? And if there's a way out of your home, you you can't shoot. If there's an actual exit to get out of your home, you know what I mean. Even if you felt inferior, have you noticed like the one guy who That's jumped broke into the house law, and he yeah. cut himself and he sued and won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's those little laws that you don't know about. So, like, that's why it's great to learn to get your concealed and carry so you know exactly when If and a how. judge did that in Ashland, I know a lot of people at the jail that are going <laughs> to let me out. And there's going yeah. to be some repercussion to that yeah. judge in oh, Ashland. Oh, I mean, I, I agree. I'm saying, like, I don't agree with the laws. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Well, but, you know, it's so better you, to go to jail than be dead. Yes. that's I, But yeah. that was what was so crazy to me. If, if that is a law and people know that you can't shoot over these things, then what was the point of bringing all these guns out to something that you have insured? Yeah, drama. They just want some news. Right. I don't. I know people that like... carry a gun on them just for drama. Oh, I mean. Oh, dude, they're and Walmart. I listen, I'm not, but... You know, there's there's people that come in our office all the time. They're just. I'm like, um, like literally carry. I'm like, listen, can you put that in your car, or you're going to just put it in this desk or over right. here? Like, you do not need to like. That's just. Like, I just don't understand that whole concept. 
there's a thing about uh, concealed carry, but there you don't know how many women that come and walk around that have the gun. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, I don't care who carries it. But, like, imagine Marshall walking around <laughs> with a Glock in Walmart on his side. Don't do that. Right? Like, you just – and people sh- should be okay with it. First of all, they'd be like, is he a cop? And then right. they find out he's not a cop. Then they'll be like, oh, my God, there's an active shooter. And no, it was just a black guy with that. But the other dude who's got on tight Wranglers and They actually John did an experiment. A, did yeah. you guys see that in college? They did a college experiment where they crazy. had these two guys walking. White guy, black guy. White guy was carrying an AR-15. He's walking down the street. Yeah, they pulled him over. They talked to him, but he left. They let him go. The black guy was walking <laughs> with an AR-15. They put him in the street, yeah. handcuffed him. And really he driving or walking? walking? Walking. They did the exact same thing. Exact yeah. same street over. One street over. Seems like white guys have more AR-15s. So. Yeah. It, well, well, mass shootings. Look at the like the one that just happened in Chicago. The white guys. And it, and it's, uh, I don't know what it's linked to. I mean, I think there's a, I seriously think there's a prescription drug issue and a mental health issue with it. But at the same time, yeah, I also think that is because there's no punishment involved that more yeah. people are doing it. Like, just well, we just live I'm in a world like, that's so yeah, trendy. Like, like you, anything, they took that one kid to Burger King. Yeah, like that blows Dylan my Roof. mind. Are you, you hungry? Mm-hmm. You must be yeah. hungry. You just killed all these kids. I know you're hungry. Like I would have been like, dude, uh, I'm gonna throw you off the Blue Bridge as I'm driving. Well, did by. you see what happened to the guy who shot those police, those police officers in Floyd County? Uh, he probably got a. No, I don't know. I don't you know, mean near Louisiana? In Floyd County. Yeah, he shot three, he shot three cops and he yeah, shot three yeah. cops and and the dog. Yeah. And did y'all, y'all didn't see no. his mug shot? No. <laughs> did they beat him? They whooped him good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a whooping like nobody. Well, now, the dude in Flatwoods shot the cop too. Oh yeah, and, but it, see, and, and that's what I'm how, saying. How I'm not. I'm not knocking. I'm. You know, I understand. We. You know, we can definitely. We can definitely. We can definitely get in a race on who's doing what. But I'm like you. What you just said is like. The mental health aspect, this is why when you do the concealed and carry, I do think the mental health aspect needs to be involved in the conversation because, you, you know, all you have to do is look at somebody's Facebook. I mean, even if you look at jobs now, yeah. jobs are now looking at your Facebook and seeing all your posts and just looking and seeing, yeah, probably not going to hire this person. You know yeah. what I mean? Based on that information. I've done that. But you're but not allowed to do that. Right. Legally, you're not allowed Legally, to. Legally, you're not. But I mean, but like I, you're I, saying. I, 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 I retract that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not own the rights to this music. <laughs> but when you look at... Um, I retract the statement. That I, uh, pre-screen people. The mental health aspect of things now, and like you're talking about depression, anxieties, and these fears, and then you're giving people these... Drugs. These, yeah. Oh, man, that's dude, a whole nother... Uh, yeah. you said drugs, is very drugs. ominous. Yeah, you did. Drugs. <laughs> and that, I mean, that, I just love it because it's just like, it's like a double-edged sword. Here you go. This is good for you, but in, after you give that to a patient, do you think about that patient when he goes home, right. or for the next month, how right. they're doing? No, you don't. Right. We we don't. We That's just one of the side sure. effects to most of SSRIs yeah. is yeah. suicidal Suicide, thoughts. Suicidal thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. The exact opposite of what we're going yeah. for, guys. Exactly. That's that's always been my biggest problem, and I always wonder. Dry mouth. Yeah. Suicidal yeah. tendencies. Yeah. Dry, dry mouth, mouth is cause liver one. damage and oh, dry, yeah. dry mouth yeah. effects are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Why is dry mouth always? Yeah. Worse? And right. I would be like. Uh, here you go. I'm gonna give you. It's, a it's like, nah, man, now I'm feeling so much weed. happier. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you depressed? Just smoke some weed. You want to lose weight? Just smoke some weed. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't endorse that one either. Yeah. <laughs> Solves a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I mean, that uh, it's just crazy to me how it's just like, here you go, casually. Like, you know, well, what if? Like, who's got to explain to their family members that the what if, you know, even if it's a small percentage one of the or whatever. Hardest thing, like, like you're talking about, yeah. one of the hardest things to hear is when somebody is having a side effect from the medication mm-hmm. that they're taking. And they put all their faith in the world into the doctor or the people that are prescribing it, which I understand that there's because you're hoping that. But if the other part is the responsibility that is laid upon the person to make sure they take it at the right time, take it with yeah. food, take it. With, and when they don't do those things and the side effects, it's so scary because the side effects seem to be so much worse than the original problem yeah. they came in with. And so when you see that, it's it's almost heartbreaking to, to you know what I mean? And there's nothing you can do. Outside of saying, please yeah. get to the hospital, let them help get you stabilized or something like that. But it is a, um, I, it, it's crazy. That's one of my biggest fears with taking medicines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I can't find a way to do it naturally, I just yeah. ain't doing it. And if an ibuprofen 800 can't cure it, then I'm in trouble. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so right? just leave it alone sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, your best intention, like with, with this whole COVID thing, you know, there's so many people got eventually mad at medical doctors and the system and i was like listen guys okay at the end of the day we're gonna have to come to a conclusion they are human beings they are probably trying to do the best that they could with the information they were given and if they were trying to think independently they were probably like guess what we'll find another doctor you can shut the hell up either prescribe it do this right we're independent when it goes back to independent freedom you're allowed to have those thoughts and you're allowed to have those. But as soon as an organizational kind of thing is like, and that's what's going on with our company, country, it's organization. We all have to play together and come together and have a collective agreement. But people are in this organization called the United States of America and we're unwilling to compromise on anything. And, that, and that's causing a great problem in you said it earlier. Yeah. You start taking like I started taking when I, in 2006. I started mm-hmm. taking gabapentin or uh, yeah for back pain. My doctor gave it to me. I was like, hell yeah! I felt wonderful. Of course, I might have been drinking some alcohol too. Anyway, <laughs> but I was like, this is like nirvana. Yeah. And then I started taking probably 100 milligrams. And by the the next six years, seven years, I was taking 3,600 milligrams Oosh. in nirvana a day. Oh my gosh! Wow. So that, you know, kidneys didn't shut you know, down. Gabapentin. You know, it creates the neurotransmitter GABA in your brain, which is like for pain control. And then, but it caused me huge problems. And around 2000, jacks up your brain. Dude. 17. Oh, for, I was. Yeah. You know, and it kind of kept me from drinking a little bit because I definitely had a drinking problem. But when I, I stopped taking it in like 2017, it was the hardest thing I ever did. It was the hard. I had to wean myself off of it, and it was. But see, that thing about doctors is they'll help you pull into the parking space, but they're not helping you back out. No. Nope. They There's, lose business. My doctor did not help me back out of that at all. Right. And they, they, he's just like, well, They're like, you're, you're an addict. You're going to be on our blacklist. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they, they treat people like an addict. Then. then it's like, oh, you're an addict. You're put on the list. Yeah. And then they're like, you tested positive for um, THC. Yeah, I took some CBD oil. Well, guess what? That's why I had to stop yeah. taking. So things. yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two. It's like you're no. not, you, yeah, you're not getting on my getting on my stuff. It's it's you, crazy. I yeah. will create the attic yeah. and then tell you you're the attic yeah. and then we tell yeah. you you're not getting it. Yeah, it's, you're it's, not getting it anymore. And then yeah. the person's like, come on, please, I'll do anything. 
It was the hardest thing I've nah. ever seen. <laughs> 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 seen that move. I knew he was going. Nope. Yeah, you knew I was going. That's <laughs> oh, is, is that you're in the park kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Society. You don't want to be. Uh, just stay out of that one. <laughs> so, but. it's funny. I've got. I started thinking of this. Like in my on my other podcast, Invisible Wires podcast. Um, <laughs> nice little plug. <laughs> Um, I have this thing I say all the time. It's love or no love. Like you have a choice every single time you interact with somebody, mm. and every time you have, you know, even if I thought yourself, it. love or no love. You, you, it's pretty, you know, you, you can go one way. And so I came up with another one as I've been going through this really hard time I'm going through. Um, and and honestly, it's, it's kind of a. I, I try to think of things simply: love or no love. Okay, I can handle that. And this next one is faith or fear. You know, I can either make actions in faith in my life and, and walk in faith or I can make decisions out of fear. When I make decisions out of fear, mm. I found that's, that's usually a bad decision. You it's, know? I got to say something to this fear real quick. Yeah. I, I was reading in the Bible the other day and I'm in Hebrews and I've never, I don't know if I've read it before. Mm-hmm. I've just bypassed whatever, but it, it talked about when God revealed something to Noah, Oh yeah. Noah then moved with a holy fear. And I never, paid attention to having mm. a holy fear but the holy fear led him to build the ark and there's this the the, the proverb fear is the you know the fear of god is the beginning of, knowledge. of wisdom yeah wisdom yes, yes yeah. absolutely and it was just kind of crazy to think that because mm. fear has you know we have this there is a uh, a holy fear that you don't think about but it will lead you to move kind of even a sense of what you were talking about i'm afraid i'm getting ready to have to step out on faith to do this but i'm afraid but i can no longer do this and so i have to move into this and mm. been blessed ever since like fear you know in greek I mean? fear denotes uh, respect you know like yeah. in, the, in the in the greek is actually respect so it's a different I have Type, a quote yeah. in the office on yeah. the board or, or on the wall. It's like a sticker on it. Everything you want is on the other, other side, side of fear. fear. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, because, I mean, fear stops you from doing stuff. And or it, it makes it's, you do stupid yeah, stuff. Yeah. Facts. Like how many times you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I got, I got, it's, the time's running out. Or although they yeah. won't love me. Or, yeah. or I'm going to miss out on this or, you know, whatever. Fear is, fear you know? is crippling. Yeah. yeah. I know? guess fear has it definitely has like. Nuances. Hence the mm-hmm. politics of today. Yeah. Everything's fear based. Everything. Yeah. <coughs> Everything yeah. is That's fear That's a crazy based. way to wrap this up. And if yeah. you really think about it, I mean, yeah. but it is. It's create, excuse me, create fear and chaos and then try to offer these crazy, silly solutions that we know are not going to work. But the, the thing about it is to trying to bandage this stuff. I mean, some of the stuff that has been put out into this atmosphere is, is scary because right now you see the fear that's slowly being created right now is food. And finances, mm. your 401, your finances, and all those things. And when you think about that, that's a scary, scary thought. That just like when you, you, we were talking about earlier, like Sri Lanka, when they were talking about these people were told, you have no more money and no food. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, we're that, only, we're, 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 think about when the water goes bad nationally. Oh. What happens? Oh my gosh, we better get to go down to ACC, the parking lot, and have water. Our infrastructure is cannot support. Think about the ice storm. Oh my God! Think about how bad. Like that oh, was dude, like you need a generator for just basic, you know, yeah. survival. That was like the close. I was like, this is apocalypse because there was an ice storm, COVID, 
yeah. and and something else at the same time or something like that. And a power outage. Same yeah. time I was like, well. That the world was ending. You know? I, I went and bought guns after that. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. I, was, I, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know any guns. I was like, you know, time for some guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's that's, but I mean, what happens? I mean, and as a parent, it gets even worse if you think that you can't provide for your children mm. or get food or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like that, that thought has been so. You know, for me, like I'm, I'm not really. I don't try to live in a, a crazy amount of fear like that yeah. either. But when you start thinking about, man, I just hope and pray that I can be able to do something to make sure that they can eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or don't, whatever. I mean, but I mean, I think there's being. I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout. I don't know if you guys know that. I'm sure you're impressed now. But oh, thoroughly, the, the, <laughs> the white guy's an Eagle Scout. You know what yeah. I mean? But, <laughs> the white guy in there. I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, but the big thing was be prepared and like. As, you know, I, I did it all through my childhood. Like I, when I go somewhere, I'm like, in my car, I could survive for three days. Like I'm just always prepared. I'm like, what if something? But that's not like fear. It's just like, what if something happens? Yeah. You know, let's be. I want to be ready. You're yeah. dude. You're prepper. You know. I, no, I'm, I'm a light prepper. Light I don't have prepper. like a like right. a bunker or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think that's a. I don't want to sound sexist, but I think that's a man trait. Like you know, you want to like most of us. It is a man have, trait. Like, dude, I'm a. Per- like you know protect myself or find an exit b like i'm always looking for exit b like if shit goes down you know i might we're tying these curtains together going out the window oh i know when i was a kid that's kind of one of those things that they you know they say how black people are but it's like when i was a kid no joke i don't know how they say they are well i'm gonna school you you're not allowed allowed. that's why i'm here (laughs) one of the things that we did when we were kids it's like if somebody takes off running we all running and and so really oh black people get us in a group one part oh just if you ever around a group of just run and watch us we'll we'll book it and we don't even know what we're running for so you just see one guy like well you see one we're all out i mean it's just telling you how this i don't think white white people are like it's like that's the difference white people when where's the police (laughs) yeah They should be here. Well, that's just wrong. Why are they doing that? So it's crazy. It, it just, it's, that's it's, hilarious. If you look at it, though, it's really the reason why we all need each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it takes all to make it happen. But that, blows cur- my, that, hurts, that hurts my brain a little bit. It is. It's a thing. funny thing. Yeah. White people will investigate and figure it out. Yeah. Black people will take off running and then figure it out. And we can realize we didn't run for any particular reason. Yeah. It was just so normal. How did we get here? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I remember as a kid, it would just it almost became a game. Yeah. Somebody would just joke around, take off running, and then we're all running. And then we're just like, what happened? Nothing. And yeah. it, was, it was just so That's much- like a trauma based response at, for a whole yeah. race. Oh, it it is. And I tell you what you did learn, you learn how to get fast real quick. Yeah. <laughs> because you know if you're the last one, you're the one yeah. that gets caught. Yeah. <laughs> Trip somebody. One time yeah. I was in I was in Greece. It sounds like I sound like I'm bragging, but um, <laughs> such a white thing to say. <laughs> oh, I, was I was in, in Greece, Greece visiting. <laughs> I was back ancient Greece. Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like 25. And, and this I guess this is my whiteness coming out. Yeah. I start seeing, I start feeling some eyes burning a little bit. I'm like, what's going on here? And and so then I, I see a trash can like a dumpster on fire going past. And I was like. Well, that's interesting. So I start walking toward it, and it's a riot. Yeah. And, and, and tear <laughs> gas, thought, yeah. tear gas is coming in my eyes. Like this is crazy. And I've got a video. I have a this on video. Yeah. And my girlfriend with me is like, "This is hurting my eyes." I'm like, "This is gonna be awesome." And so I'm going toward this riot. I don't know what I was. It was just 
I never seen anything like it. Yeah. You know, ashes in the air and it's crazy. And then I walk down this alley and there's all these Italian, not Italian, Greek. Greek. Sorry, I'm so. Anyway, well, these, people, <laughs> these these Greek people, or Greek greasier sins. That's not how you say it at all. Forget it. Anyway, <laughs> greasier sins, Grecians, Grecians, and they're all yelling at me. Amazing. Like, of course, I'm kind of more blonde haired blue eyed then. They're like yelling at me. And I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. And they were just like, like it was my fault that they were rioting or something. Right. So I have this all on video, and I guess they were rioting against. They're getting ready to privatize college there because there college was all you know you got it for free or universities mm-hmm. but they decided to privatize it they were riding in the streets and i mean it was just that's i guess that's a me running toward <laughs> the, the, the yeah. problem it was so and i looked back i was like i could have been hurt yeah right like tear gas in my eyes. i don't know it's just it was a weird experience i have, I have it on videotape i probably, need to probably had your american flag t-shirt yeah on, like, I, I, I looked as american as you can get <laughs> and I had a fanny yeah. pack <laughs> I had a fanny pack on yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah you know i looked as american as you can my get best it. friend is, is white and um, so he was always with us mm-hmm. and our whole crew. Actually, it's a pretty mixed group of people, but I, it was like eight of us every day. Mm-hmm. But my best friend is white, and um, it's so funny how he just picked up on things and how he operated the yeah. exact same way. So, like, it, it it was just funny, like, if – like when we have cookouts and stuff and all my family was mm-hmm. there, you know, he'd be the only person there and he was more comfortable than anybody. I remember there was a point we had to kick him out because he ate so many wings. Like, bro, you got to go. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Is he a big boy? <laughs> yeah, he was tall. Oh, you know tall. I mean? okay. But it was like, all right. But my my family just absolutely loved him, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And vice versa. I could go to his house and his dad and mom treated me the same way. But it was crazy, though. When we took off somebody running, mm-hmm. he's running, too. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really the environment. It is one of those things. But now here's the crazy part. Every time we did do something wrong, he was always the one that got dismissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was always like, hey, you guys come here. Hey, you keep going. <laughs> you can keep going. But the rest of us had to come. I tell you, it's kind of crazy. The first time I, a police officer put a gun in my head. Jeez. Oh, the first time. First, the first time. time. And so we were, I was 13 or 14, and we were going to play basketball. Me and Mike forgot the basketball, so uh-huh. we went back to get it. It was just me and him. My other friend had a BB gun, and he shot somebody being stupid. But when we were walking, we as we catch up to him, the police surrounded us all. And they came out everywhere. Who's got the gun? The gun's drawn. Who's got the gun? And they knew it was a BB gun. Yeah. And they said, who's got the BB gun? And, and um, the one friend pulls up says, I got it. And so I'm not even with them. I didn't know he, somebody got shot. I didn't know they did anything. So as I'm pulling up, the police officer grabs me, pulls his gun out, puts me to the fence, and puts the gun in the back of my head. And they already as got the gun. As a 13 year old kid. 13 year old kid. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I'm standing here. I'm like, yeah. what's what's happening here? And he says, uh, well, who's, and, you know, y'all shouldn't be out here with this gun shooting. And I'm like, so Mike is just standing here. My best friend's just standing. They don't even touch him. Yeah. And he's like, hey, he's with me. Me and him went to get the basketball. He was with me the whole time. He puts the gun back. Okay, sorry. And he lets me go. Yeah. And we walk off, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. All right, Mike. Well, you went me everywhere. My dad is my dad is Bobby Johnson, <laughs> you know, and he's going to get you guys. But they never <laughs> mess with him the same way, man. What if you said good. Richard Johnson, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just that. But, I, 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 but you know, man, ultimately the thing that sucked was that I hated crazy. it that it even and, had to be and, that way. And you know what's funny? Uh, not funny is that like then when when like when you're talking to Marshall. And he's so passionate about these topics. You know why he's had yeah. guns pulled on him by cops at 13 years. Like, that's what kills me. It's like, people are like, oh, whatever, that angry 
black guy, and you're like, dude, you don't even know. I mean, systematic racism is a real thing. I mean, like, you don't even know it what's. Is. It's it a real is. thing. And, like, I talked to, to people that are. That's like, the oh, worst thing that's happened to society right now is you got these people like Candace Owens and people who are saying it's not real. They're brilliant minds. They're intelligent people. But when you say it didn't happen or we're not systemically racist, you have a problem. And if you can go back to the edicts in 1613, the edict said that blacks will never be equal. Um, and then there was there was all these different things that were written out throughout our country's history, and it was proven. Those things lived out. So we talked about words matter. Hello, all you, men are created equal except you guys. Except, right. except women and black people. Yeah. Right, and you know that. And, and, or and any other race. Now, are we getting better? Or can, kind uh, of. Is some things uh, getting better? Yes, but we still know. I mean, people say that. Ashlyn, just take that. There are no minority. There's, I think, two minority-owned companies in this area. Maybe three. Um, no CEOs. Well, of course not. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Know. I'm not, I don't know if I should go down this route or not, Marshall, but I worked for a company, and then they're very, uh, they were very woke, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very woke. And they got woke they... and woke and woke. Their eyes right. were so wide. A lot wild, of caffeine in out, there. Right. <laughs> and, I'm awake. And so I, st- I hired, I hired, 25 30 40 people last year and every time i get an african-american candidate they would just black american sorry black, black american, american. <laughs> a black person yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, and, I, and and so i started being like getting praise for it oh you know oh he's you know we, we need to get our diversity up blah, 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 which is woke boss i know i know i was <laughs> like and, and i was like and so i'm like well this and i started thinking well maybe this is gonna make me look good you know and so I ended up hiring this guy, and he was real respectful at first. But and it had had nothing. I didn't like hire him because he was black. I, I didn't. I, I thought he was awesome, and then he turned out to be awful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then and, and then you like, couldn't fire him. And then they were like, I can't, they they were so happy. Oh my gosh, you hired an African man or black man, whatever you want, whatever. Yeah. And and I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt like I'm, I'm on the you know. Yeah. Right. The, you know, and then he was awful. And then they're like, I can we can't believe you hired him. Right, you know, and I'm like, oh, so, but it was just so crazy how they started to talk. Like all the white people were talking about, like they were real adamant about me doing that. And I'm like, well, what about qualifications? You know what I mean? What about like, I don't know if you're white or black or whatever. Yeah. Like, what about their personality or who they are as a? What about their work ethic? The, that's the issue, though. All we, all the main thing we have to provide when we talk diversity is create the, an equal playing field, and then you have to start looking at qualifications. Yeah. But I saw a video the other yesterday but on it, YouTube. But if you're outwardly doing that, though. No. But I think people, people, just, people just meet yeah. people just getting people. I saw something the other day, and that's. I mean, how do you sound. feel about that, though? How do you feel about? I mean, it made me feel weird. Oh, I'm gonna make myself i even thought this i make myself look better oh. I, mean, I didn't intend to do that but i'm gonna look good but that's the problem you know I mean? yeah yeah i mean because, that's wrong well that's how we that's how yeah. we think we conquered diversity right it's just bring them in and, I mean, and, 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 and i invested in this know, guy and everything yeah, yeah and and and, 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 and yeah. that's the that's the worst approach that you can have as far as this, first of all the one thing i'm learning now because I'm, I'm a diversity trainer where i work at mm-hmm. and one of the first things you have to create is an environment that is safe for everybody mm-hmm. to be able you to come in. Like microaggressions and stuff. Or yes, mm-hmm. I teach on all those things, and so the first thing you want to do is create a safe environment. Free woke. For the, 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 <laughs> yes, <laughs> so um, I, I like to think of like um, uh, the way someone talks and their attitude, and then I, I get oh, to I the, like that uh, yeah. because like here's the thing: 
I was uh, on the phone the other day with customer service. I don't know. It was like Anthem or something. And this this sounds kind of racial, but I knew exactly who was on the other line. Right. Based on the way they talked. Right. And I was like, there's no need to talk that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? Right. You know, like, right. like, there's no need to talk that way because that's just another thing to kind of mess you. Was like, like in street or something? No, no, it's not even street. It's with the attitude. Like, Marshall knows what this. So, like, oh, there's a know. lot. There's a lot of women, black women, and then they'll the people will be like, oh, she's got the black girl attitude. Now that's, that's yeah. so wrong to say that, but at the same time, we know that there's. And I'm so sorry. Please don't hate me. You on mean this. the angry yeah. black woman? Yeah, but just so yeah. Okay. Or or like you hire a young person and they don't have any proper like we all went to school together. I don't care if you're from Compton mm-hmm. to Ashland. There is a way that you can switch and talk a little bit more professional yeah and that, courteous that, that's, keep that word yeah, that, that's yeah. where this can get lost yeah professionalism yeah. professionalism not not because you know when i'm they, not when talking they talk about, about accents Obama, or, you know what they said yeah, about about he speaks so well well what does that mean you know what is he supposed yeah. to get up and say you know we don't we're not talking about making somebody speak is because you know they say talk white yeah we're not saying that because that's where it can get out yeah, of hand. Yeah, it's about but professionalism. professionalism, carrying yourself. Yeah, so, like who going to job interviews? Like I've, we, I remember one time we were hiring and we saw a group of people come in and not one of them came to work like they wanted to work here, and it was insane. Like you really came to a job interview yeah. looking like that. Like that's professionalism matters. Yeah. But one of the things I want to tell you about diversity real quick is I want to go back before we go because this is excellent. I saw this little YouTube video and it was. Oh yeah, you were to say that. Yeah. It was. T- it was. It's so. I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's. It's not. It's not like it was so great, but it was something for me. Like I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm using this and I'm going to teach on this when I teach diversity. <laughs> it was a dog who had a prosthetic leg, and it was walking. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. <laughs> it, Sorry. it was walking. Like a real one or a cartoon? It was, one? It was real. Okay. And there was another little dog next to it, like a Chihuahua, and this little dog. And it, it, it put the leash in its mouth and walked up to this other dog with the prosthetic and helped it walk. And not only did it help it walk, as soon as it made it to where it was going, this little dog jumps up on its back basically to hug it, like saying, good job. And I thought about this in diversity. It's like it saw that this other dog had a disadvantage, and it immediately went to help this dog get to the same space and be in the same playing field as this one, and then rewarded it for the work and the effort of just making the attempt to. And I just, I don't know how I'm going to implement that just yet fully, but I thought that was so awesome that it saw that there was a deficiency, something was different, that we're not on the same playing field, and immediately went to where he was at, and then came and walked alongside mm-hmm. him to get him to where he was going. And- instead, So, like, when you look at, instead of saying, all lives matter, why not come to my level and see when I was that 13-year-old kid who had a pistol to the back of his head for just being black, not for any other reason, and say, man, I don't understand that fully, but I'm going to walk with you until we never have to see another yeah. 13-year-old get a pistol put to his head again, and I'm going to walk with you. And when we get there to the destination where that doesn't happen again, we're going to celebrate that yeah. as a as a unit. And that, to me, I don't know mm. why it was just this little video, but it hit me so hard. Yeah. like. If we're talking about bringing equality and bringing real change, yeah. that's the only way to do it. Yeah. I don't know his struggle, 
But I'm going to go down to his playing field. Hey, tell me about what it was like to get to being where you are mm -hmm. and how can I walk. So what I do now with him is somebody says, man, I've been having back issues. I know the guy that you need to see. I know who's going to get you to where you're, what you're looking for because I know my brother's going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how we – I've – I met him where he was at. Me and him have had some great conversations. I've learned about him, his family, and I, I have nothing but love for this guy. And I want to see him continue to do well. And I'm going to continue to pour into him and his business and his family. You know, I think we were one of the first people to do a catering with his wife. Yeah. And we loved her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. And now he's he took that this one opportunity and he's and it's, it's blossomed. But that's what I, I think when we talk about diversity – I think that did more in that little video than I've seen in anything else when going to meet somebody where they're at and walking with them to the end. That's, the my, end dog. that's my, <laughs> dog. Ah, that's my dog. Dog. That's my dog. Yeah, but that's what bothered me about that conversation, that phone call. I was like, this person on the other line probably has so much potential, but they just don't understand what they're doing and how they're coming across. The vibe. Remember... That one day you came to the office, and uh, you were feeling a little down and blue, mm -hmm. and I asked you, and I was like, that's not normally Chris. I was like, something's going on. And he was like, uh, yeah, but the, the vibe, that's what I mean. Like, the vibe, like, even if it's across the phone, and I did not want that person on the phone to be like how I hear all the time. Well, who is there on that customer service? You know, is that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't, and, and then that person gets stereotyped mm -hmm. and gets, and, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, we in the community, we have a responsibility to our youth to not act like fools and speak like fools and say crap on fools. I see that on Facebook all the time. These younger and even older kids, my generation, why are you putting that filth and garbage on there for everyone to see how stupid you are? Like no 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 I mean like like seriously like you just see it on there like it's grown men and women having conversations but if you're any kind of doctor or trained psychologist or anything like you can just see this stuff it's like this person's got some serious problems if a person posts too much and posts everything they do yeah I worry about them yeah I used to say it to my kids in youth yeah. group like. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going to the restroom by myself in the dark in an alley. Like, you know, yeah. like, stop posting yeah. your every move. You wonder why somebody knows where yeah. you're at yeah. looking for you. You know what I mean? Like, or just stop. posting filth. Like, I mean, just like, oh, man, that girl with the, you know, and, they, and they're just doing that. And I'm like, dude, you do realize you're a 40-year-old man now, and you all are having these um, off conversations. Also, you got to clean up your Facebook, I am friends with... Yeah. So many thousands you, of people you, only talk to five. Don't be bragging yeah. about yeah. your Facebook page. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. One time I had this, I had this I'm just joking. I had this client one time at, 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 a, at their, when I was a therapist. I said, man, how many friends do you have? And he goes, man, I got it like, I don't know, 1,600. I was like, jeez, dude. How do you have that many friends? He goes, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first time I heard someone think that that was their yeah. friend well, and you know it's going to get worse with this metaverse oh you know yeah I mean? and so it's like, a, and it's a necessary evil because i'm business owner right if you don't keep yeah. a little presence oh, then yeah. it's like Facts. it's the easiest way to market yeah it's a it's the most powerful most dangerous dangerous it's, most yeah, awesome exactly weapon in the world it's uh, but it's definitely it's dangerous. like a car you can drive a car to go see a killer concert or go help the homeless or whatever or you can drive a car into 
I feel like it's it's become our new scripture. (laughs) Huh? It's become scripture. Facebook and stuff like it's like people follow the. A car is good. Yeah, Yeah, like you know (laughs) that was really dark. Sorry, (laughs) that was dark. That was dark. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like (laughs) we're a crowd of people. Sorry, you and Asif have hit me right between the eyes today, boys. (laughs) Yeah, but you're, but you're like. It is very dangerous. Like, listen, I spend a lot of time online. I'm not gonna lie. Like I spend a lot of time talking to people on my phone. I actually, I'm embarrassed to say it was ten hours a day last week. <laughs> mine, <laughs> hours mine went, mine's been going down. I've been purposely monitoring it. Yeah, we should go. be accountable. I'm ten hours and forty minutes a Dude, day. Dude, that's a lot. What kind of, I'm, well, I'm, even the thirty not, second flip. I'm on a sabbatical. <laughs> I'm on a sabbatical. I don't have to work. What websites right, yeah. do you visit all the time? I'm not going to show you that. Yeah. <laughs> you get out of my personal life, honestly. Yeah. This, this, is, this is not time for that. PBS.org. P- P- uh, yes. PBS. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a website. Yeah. But. Uh, but, I mean, there's one thing I've, I've tried to do, too. and um, I'm not good. There, at you do it. It's crazy. YouTube has messed me up for I had we talked about mm-hmm. I had to do a detox from it because I couldn't even watch a full movie because I'm so used to when you watch oh, YouTube yeah. there's so many other things that pop up. Have you up. watched a YouTube video while watching a movie? That's when you know you're in trouble. That's when you know yeah. you're in deep trouble. Yeah. Both eyes need to be stimulated. <laughs> <laughs> there's something you know what I mean? Yeah. That constant stimulation. I bet we couldn't sit in the woods still for ten minutes like oh. some of our, you know, other hunter friends. Oh yeah, like, I mean, yeah. really, leave your phone for. It's, don't, please don't talk about that. Yeah, I got you. We'll get that on the next episode. Yeah, yeah I, but, I think I think for next episode we can definitely talk about. It. I've got some other things I didn't get to talk about, but we'll talk about it. I had some. I already thought of some things that I wanted as a white dude. I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to bring up that side. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, cause I do. I do really. I, the, the running away thing. I will yeah. say. It's fascinating. Like, what are some, what are some things that you kind of just much. proved it? It says yeah. so much. Yeah, but you proved it. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Because <laughs> you went towards the, the yeah, riot. dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, dumpster yeah, one time I saw a riot, and I just ran toward it <laughs> when I was in Europe. You know? Yeah. No, but I mean, uh, yeah. I But that is, when we do the next conversation, I do want to hear Chris's, the, Chris's perspective yeah, on a lot of this, too. Like so. a, well, let's, I'll, I'll like, prompt it so people can think about it. We're gonna stop. You can think about it. You when I when I talk to you all, you people, you people. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. When I talk to you people, yeah. it is that voice. You talk to you people. Yeah. No. Tropic Thunder. You you identify with your race in a major way. I do not. Mm. I don't think. I don't ever mm. think. As a white man in America, I never say that yeah. to myself. Ever. Right. I yeah. never, I don't. I just don't think about, I don't. I, you don't need to. I don't no. need to. You I'm don't like need a, to prove I'm, yourself. I'm like a blank yeah. sheet of paper going through the, the, the world or something. I don't know. It's like, I don't know what that means. And so maybe yeah. I should, or I just want to, I kind of want to explore like why you, that is a part of your identity more than it is. My, my, my identity doesn't, I don't even think about being white. I think minorities are always trying to prove themselves. Yeah, it's a pivot. Like, point, yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I belong. Yeah. And so, as a as a brown man in America, as a immigrant cooler. in America, you know, it's like you're always trying to like, I'm good enough to hang out with, uh, you know. But you said it though, uh, like, if that was if that was the norm, we'd be in a much different place. 
Mm. If I identified as if we didn't have to wake up and say, "Oh yeah, identify as anything." Yeah, I heard uh, Morgan Freeman say it once. He goes, "The problem with they, they were asking about him being black, and he said, the problem is is that you know when we start labeling each other black and white, that's the problem. Exactly. When we start differentiating ourselves yeah. because of our skin color, because that doesn't make sense. And that's you know? what you said though. Like I wish we could wake up and not have to think about being that. Yeah. But something will remind me daily. If I walk mm, to there we go. down there mm-hmm. to go get something to mm-hmm. eat, somebody might shut their door and lock their door. Somebody so, might grab their And that's purse. why I don't think about it. Right. Yeah. If I get I'm afraid to get pulled over. Mm-hmm. Not not so much ask them because I've worked so much with these mm-hmm. police officers and built a wrong a strong rapport with them. But anywhere else scares me. Um, I'm scared for my children, things that they will learn or be have mm-hmm. to experience. So that's the, that's the difference. Is I something will tell me every single. You'll be day reminded that listen yeah. in my in work in friendships. Somebody will always remind me of who I am. Is that is that fear? No, is that fear? I, I, no, or it's or not even a fear. Like yeah. I said, I'm if I, I'm dressed up one day walking out of. Captain D's, my yum, yum, company yum. car, and I see a BMW next to mine, and a BMW was nice. And as soon as I walk out, I'm just walking to the car. I see the lady lock her doors and grab her purse immediately. And I see her, like, it's like. You were on 29th Street. Wow. In the hood, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm dressed to. I, yeah. I'm dressed to. I'm, Notice I'm the white guy. You were on 29th Street. Right. But, but, no, <laughs> but what, I, what I'm saying is, like, Chris wakes up with no fear. Right, he doesn't have to think of those more existential you, angst. But you yeah. <laughs> or myself may wake up with fear, and then we were talking about earlier, like I had to individualize everyone, or mm. I was starting to make everyone racist and a bigot. Mm-hmm. Like you know, right? And, and because we went through that crazy time period, I had to do that to give myself peace and say, you know what, I can't control what they think and. Say and feel about me, mm-hmm. but I can control how I react to the world. So if I get up and walk around like Chris and say people aren't looking at me and I'm just walking around and just focus on the way that, you had me walking around. I didn't like like you. like like yeah. this like this. Uh, but but you know what I mean. It's a totally different mindset. I and I, and I get what you're saying. I truly get what I, you're saying. But I had to like try to figure this out. Like why can I'll give a terrible example. Uh, <laughs> why why can why can Kanye West go in there and say the stuff that he says and do the stuff he does? Where another, if you know hip hop, what what would be the exact opposite? Like I was listening to Fifty Cent and stuff. He he's a got shot nine times, a gangster, whatever like that, and has a background. But he walks around in the corporate world and this he doesn't have that fear. But, yeah, but he's he's rich. Yeah, he, but he, can, he he wasn't he wasn't that way in the beginning. Oh yeah, he's but, rich. But same thing with Kanye. But, Vitamin water. But no, Sorry. there's other rappers out there that are know, still con- constantly like. Look what you're saying though. Yeah. Fifty doesn't live in the hood. Yeah. Fifty got his money and got out. I get it, but you don't live in the hood. No, no, I, I understand. I don't live in the hood, right. but we can have that mentality. Fifty cent with no money. Real quick, I mean, fifty cent with no money walking the street. It's a totally different animal. Right. It's true. Right? And all I'm saying to me and you, though, think about this. I appreciate, I respect your your approach, but I'm just saying, though, is you know what, like I do, at the end of the day, 
no matter how much we change our mentality, we and we, no matter what we do, we can't change the fact that somebody yeah. will remind us yes. of who we are. And I you, agree with that. There's no way around uh, it. You know the yeah. work that you do. But I'm just saying as so an why individual. Are you not the, why are you not the largest chiropractor farm in this area? Knowing how your work ethic is. Because I got flat feet, man. I yeah, no, I know. I know. You know you, why. You, I know. And that's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. And listen, I respect you because yeah. I know why you do what you and why you feel what you feel. But you know it like but, I do. But in order to keep my peace yes, and sanity, I'm trying to get to the top. If I have to, <laughs> if I have to, if I have to say, you know what? Mind your man and mouth right now absolutely and and walk this line because you will get your revenge one day (laughs) (laughs) you will get your revenge one day (laughs) but going back to what you just said one i respect you for what you just said and i think that's awesome that you said it but you don't have to wake up and say that i'm a white male in a world to have to go out every single day we just don't get that luxury yet that's the end goal I would love to not have to walk around and feel mm-hmm. like I have to prove myself that I have to work harder, act different, live different. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I it just and this is small, but it's it's it makes sense. I went to Boys the Men here at the Paramount when they came here. Right? I love Boys the Men mm-hmm. so much. One of the best singing groups ever of all time. And I don't know if there's ever been a voice match like you know, when them boys sing. Yeah. yeah, you ain't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close. I didn't really put my full... NSYNC couldn't come to the Paramount. They couldn't come to the Paramount. Who couldn't? NSYNC. They couldn't hold it. It's too small. Too small of a venue, right? Justin Timberlake. And I'm not telling you them boys can't sing, but they can't sing the same. No. Right? Not even close. Are we having this conversation But But that's the point. Boys and men, at this point in their career, can only do... They're doing small... That's crazy. It's the fact they came to the Paramount. Because there's only like three of them that hang out together. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're still that How great. Can you right? I mean, group? I will say I love it, boys to men way more than NSYNC. Right. But their venue, they can they would come here because of the audience. It's also it, age, though. No, it's time. Singing is singing. Yeah, but how many people going to come to New Edition versus, you know. Let NSYNC like, come do a concert. They're going to do a concert, and they'll sell out any arena. Because JT going to come and say, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Justin Timberlake is more He's probably bigger than than, yeah. than Voice he, to Man. He, he, what? He's more famous than Voice to Man. Justin Timberlake as a He has now. He has now. Is he a better singer? No. no. He's a, you think he was bigger than the 90s Voice to Man? Yeah. Why? Because he's white. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the audience. Yeah. And Nickelodeon and Disney. I mean, you got to remember. I mean, Timberlake's a badass. Think about this. When you even talk rappers, the greatest rappers alive, most people put Eminem as the they greatest. They do. And why? It's strange to me. Right. Because he hit a certain demographic of people that other guys couldn't hit. He's a badass artist, too. He can rap, though. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not, not even a huge rap from, fan. But. I'm not taking away from his ability. But he had a he's group not, he, of, He's he not hit, Nas, but... He's, what? No. Nas is... Love Nas. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's not get into it. I understand what you're saying, Nas, but don't yeah. act like Nas is not. What are you talking about? Nas is great. His last album was kind of weird. Uh, no, he, yeah, he broke he's, it he's, down he's, best in... Uh, uh, yes, he did. That, yes, he yeah. did. <laughs> Two albums in ten years? I can divide. <laughs> what, about, what about Kid Come Petty? on, Nas. Kid Kid Cuddy, that's a guy, right? Think you're he, trying to you, kick what are you trying God, to say? Knowledge? I like him. Are you try, you're not trying to put him in like a top. Yeah. No, I like him. Okay. This, this <laughs> little dude think he's live like me. Talk about he took the five shots like me. 
Okay, forget okay, Nas. You know what? Me mentioning rap was a bad idea. Yeah. I feel like it is too. Cause yeah. he, 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 I'm going to get mad because it's going to be East Coast, West Coast. Pick your side, Chris. <laughs> be careful. I'm a rock too. and roll guy. Here you we go. Yeah, mean? yeah. Scanner. Pick your side. Bon Jovi, greatest rock group. I never thought, I thought like Nas would give me some cred. No. See, that's that's your I, whiteness I coming you some, out. I gave you some credit. Yeah, you would have probably said Nas X or whatever. <laughs> Little Nas. You need to, you need to, Lil Weezy. Be careful with that. <laughs> Why? How are you going to steal Nas's name? I'm still upset. Why didn't Nas just come out and kick Little Nas's butt? Like, or whatever is Nas X's. Like, I dude, you, you stole one up. of the best rapper's name. name That's like yeah. me saying, I'm Lil. said he was one of the best rappers, and you're like, I don't think so. Yeah. What if I came out and said, I'm Lil Tupac? People will be like, you got to be out you know, your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm notorious. Little B. So my phone. You're saying that because. Yeah, don't touch it again. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's information. Yours is cleaner than mine. Mine's like a broken screen. Like I should have known. My, uh, so you're saying Marshall Mathers, or we call him in my community. We, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, Marshall Mathers in my community. Marshall. Marshall Mathers. Um <laughs> You're saying that because of the audience he could reach, that's why he's the best. He's even stated that. He's yeah. even stated he, that. He said he yeah. was never a problem until yeah. he hit middle America. Because he's so white when, trash. And, and you know? the, the real truth of the matter is that's the difference what I'm saying about when you look at these groups. Boys to Men were better singers. Oh. Yes, and yeah. they were a great group. And they were a great talent for Amazing. young men. That's just but when you, look at, when you look at people, and, and I hate to say it to say, but when there are white singers who sound the same, they're going to reach an audience far greater than the other, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen no matter how you dress it up. I have one name that's, for you. That's why. We, huh? I have one name for you. Give it to me. Elvis Presley. <laughs> he stole from. Now, that was the other thing. You know, but I mean, and that was a time where you could, you know, the world was much different too. Yeah. But, but I'm was, just saying, though. No, that's the thing. Yeah. It, 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 but like, take Michael Jackson. You know, look how he. Now, that was just a different amazing yeah what he did was he broke through every and then all of a sudden he changed himself to look didn't he have a, a, he had a skin disease. bleach yeah yeah didn't he have a disease though no. he had that thing where your your your, your melanin impetigo uh, i think don't you doctor know. well i don't know no he had he had a he had a, he had a, he had a skin. skin he did have some he, he had disorder, bleach skin. but he, he had in, in Pataka where it's He kinda... did a lot of surgery. We all know oh, yeah, that absolutely. he did cosmetics and stuff, but yeah. and his whole family did. I mean, everyone yeah. from Janet to, you know, the, there's not a got single person. Got rid of person. those noses. The noses and he had a fine Jerry nose. curls it fine. and stuff. It was when he was younger, but then he wanted a smaller one. Man, young Michael Jackson still gets my goat, man. Oh, yeah. And the Jackson 5. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Just look over your shoulder, baby. See, yeah. but, that, oh, but, but in that time period, people that was just love music. Go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as it's grown, it became, you know, you could see the race thing starting to separate. We had, you know, you get Boys to Men, Jodeci, and all these groups. Jodeci, right? uh. But then when you had NC, and JoJo. 98 Degrees mm. and all that stuff, it just changed. So there was still a great divide. Even in music, politics, Listen, you know, as I agree with you. It stinks. Yeah. It, it should I agree be. with you about Boys to Men. They're one of my favorite groups of all time. Yes. It's the first concert I ever saw in my life. Yeah, music should be music, but it's just not that way. I mean, good music's good music, right? And then when you take rap, you know, like you obviously know, there's some rap that it's never going to hit mainstream. Yeah. Oh yeah, Amer- middle America. I mean, there's just some of it's just too hardcore. The you know go- what I mean? Go- who's Ghostface well, Killer? Is that, is that somebody? Like Wu Tang Clan, they were never going to be mainstream. I know but they don't need to, man. They're like and, and you know indie rock band, like they're, that. I like. Oh yeah, you know, Wu-Tang, like, I mean they're different. Obviously, Wu Tang is is great, but they just never I can hit. never get through one song. There's too many of them with verse. There's like 42 verses in one song. 
is I do. I, I'm not liking your disrespect right now. <laughs> but I think they have a street cred that's like... I like, I like Method and Redman, but, oh, you know, like, you know, it's like... my goodness. Awesome. Know. What's up? <laughs> I'm going to do some rap research. Oh, me and him are going to have a rap battle in here. He keeps it up. But I like Kid <laughs> Turn our mics up. I didn't anyway, say I hate him. I, 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 I can see that. <laughs> I'm about the... Mu- like, I'm a musician. So I like the music. If it's good music, like that's why I like Jay Z's right. albums. He like he, that one album where he used real, like instruments. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's badass. But Jay Z has a, a song and a verse that I'm just like, I had to quit messing with him. What was it? It was a, uh, in the Empire State of Mind. I think I've heard it. Jesus can't save you. Life begins when the church ends. That's very uh, Beatles esque too, because the Beatles said that too. You know, we're more popular than Jesus. Yeah. You know, well, when Jay Z decided to become an so art art critic and you know, <laughs> yeah. Art. Yeah. 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 Strong, yeah. Go on. I'm like, shut up, dude. Yeah, so I'm like, no right, when you're so, when you're that rich, your man. Yeah. Well, I mean, he can't talk about anything else anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like so a comedian that, that talks about airplane jokes. You know, I was on the airplane the other day. Like that's. That's what you know. Comedians go to where they travel so much. They, they, you talk about what, what's in your life. You yeah. Know? yeah, I think that's why it makes this kind of interesting because we're talk, we're just regular dudes. We're not yeah. we're not Jay Z. No, you know that's what makes it real. Like I don't know why I brought it down to real meta verse here. But you definitely you, did. You know what I mean? But it's but it's it true. Out. Like you talk about what your what's around you. Whatever Absolutely. you surround yourself yeah. with, you 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 become. I mean. But our our next episode, though, yeah, we really want to. I do want to hear more from you and, and, and what we just kind of brought oh, up. Oh, yeah, for see. sure. Because I think that would be a great perspective. Because, I mean, I want to... pivot of understanding. Absolutely. And that's... I think it's going to be great for all of us to just kind of take that in. But, so, to wrap this episode up in a bow, I'll see if you got anything else you want to add before we... Uh, no. Um, I, I'm good. I, I really like this episode. It was it was fun. I'm already... Uh, I, I, I don't want to feel like that's all we talk about is the the crappy stuff that's going on. There's a lot of good stuff going on in this country mm. and and stuff too. Like uh, I feel like um, we're all just trying to solve this confusion, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And but you, the greatest thing that's happening more than anything, the most positive thing coming out of this, we have white guy, yeah. black guy, brown guy, yeah. all different beliefs. So you're the brown. different. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm more, more tan than you. And I'm actually not I'm black. Everyone, I don't know where we got that in. I'm brown. But I'm chocolate. But we're sitting here having a conversation. Duff. Yeah, Dove. <laughs> Milk chocolate. Because I like Dove better than But Hershey's. we are sitting here having White a conversation. Dark chocolate and caramel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I, I should have said that, but it's funny. Anyway, yeah, right? <laughs> You're allowed to make jokes and not be called racist. Uh, I just want you to know that, that on this we're all just round we're all just table. But now, think about what you just said. Yeah, that we can be us. Yeah, and nothing more, nothing less. And yet, that to me is more positive than anything. Mm-hmm. That we can literally be us, and the way that the chemistry that is growing mm-hmm. in our conversation understanding to be understood is working and so once again I can't say enough about you guys thank you for another great afternoon knuckles yeah we all just hit knuckles yeah unit unity now give me that hand sanitizer (laughs) (laughs) so have a good afternoon this is another episode of the conversation understanding to be understood yes sir